yeah. I'm not even going to do intro on this one either. We go. All right. We're, we're coming in hot. Episode right. 200. Super fancy. Straight into it. Well, let's start off with, uh, you know, the most important topic that when it comes to you, um, mm-hmm. mainly Google associated. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everybody wants to know how's Chipotle life going? Uh, it's been over for about four years Blasphemy. now. Lies. Yeah. Lies. Lies. I actually haven't even eaten Chipotle in probably, I want to say two years. Dude. And they sent you that epic sauce and you don't even go anymore. They gave me something for my birthday, but it was like a tiny little token. Toilet paper? It was. Yeah. <laughs> Toilet paper and Tums and <laughs> breath mints. Have you heard all the jokes? You've heard them all. Oh, yeah. Dude. I mean, most of them from you and Mache. <laughs> like, pretty much never heard the end of it during the whole craze. But yeah. What did you learn from it? That's what people want to know. I learned Besides that. Besides rock hard abs. I, I learned that beforehand. But. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, what did I learn? I learned all about. Uh, I don't know, viral media and how quickly news catches on. And it was pretty interesting from, yeah. I mean, you were right there when it was happening. That was right around when we were building Learn Squared. Yeah. I was and, like, uh, what is going on here? Yeah. That was like <laughs> during our like daily phone calls. It was just like, it had like we were doing it before all that blew up. And then also right after it. So it was this weird kind of, I don't know, point of reference that like changed the whole conversation. You like but, left yeah. the country because you couldn't handle it. It's too much. Yeah. Went into into hiding. Dude, right back yeah. to mommy, dude. Yeah. You gotta, man. When Chipotle comes crying, dude, you gotta go run back to mama. No, man. It was it was all good. It was fun. I mean, <laughs> I would never ever do it again, but why I, not? Cause I don't know, man. I'm I'm more than that, you know. <laughs> you gotta prove it in this episode. You better yeah. you better Tell do a good people. job. Yeah, I'll yeah. it. Yep. So is it McDonald's next? Which one's next? What is it? <laughs> super size me too. <laughs> super, super duper size me. <laughs> Harlick size me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I know it's a touchy subject. No, you don't want to talk about it anymore. So that's it, people. You get two minutes of Andrew talking about Chipotle, and that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. He, he only he only talks about it at least three hours a day, and that's about it. It's not a big deal, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess this episode's over. I'll see you later, buddy. <laughs> it was a good one, dude. I'm, this is our most efficient episode yet. Yeah. It, it's you know, it's a short one, guys. You know, so. It's episode 200. We just came in, say hi, and then we're out. So yeah. on your birthday, yeah, if our calculations are correct. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, we record these episodes a bit early before we drop them off because Papa's busy. Papa's yeah. a busy guy, and Papa got a lot of stuff going on. Okay, I call myself Papa. <laughs> oh, I thought you were calling me Papa. All right, <laughs> you're not busy, bro. <laughs> Okay. Just, just fucking touching the mouse all the time. Just yeah. Licking Aggressive. it. Do you use your fingers anymore? You just use your tongue. That's the last time I remembered. You're like on the feet, dude. I <laughs> got on a your bunch toes. Of pedals and like levers that I'm. What are you, Vitaly? Yeah, bro. 
fully fully optimized <laughs> on your toes you got mice on your toes yeah dude you can't wear socks when you come into work no no i got those like toe shoes finger socks like yeah aaron, aaron beck toe shoes oh, <laughs> yeah bro. bro that's my wife has like nightmares of those shoes <laughs> i told her when i turn uh, 40 i'm getting flower shirts like hawaii shirts that's and toe sweet. shoes baby did i ever tell you about when I went to hawaii and i bought like all hawaii gear i was there on a, like a five-hour layover and me and nick and uh patrick my brother and my roommate we bought like all sorts of hawaii gear like the lay necklaces and the flower shirts and shorts. from the abc store yeah the ABC dude store? yeah the little convenience shop or whatever dude it's abc stores yeah, bro man. don't mess around man that's a serious business man yeah <laughs> so you bought all hawaii gear huh what do you yeah, do with we, it now i party just time? sit in my closet <laughs> <laughs> dude that's yeah. a party outfit <clears throat> yeah do you party is. even anymore you're always we busy an annual christmas party that's you, it so you do one one time a year yeah bro dude annual how christmas old party? are you i'm old you're like the my, most uh, lame my new tab single guy reminder the age counter thing that you put oh, me on oh man dude i've ruined your life yeah that thing <laughs> reminds me how old i am as we're recording this i'm 26.8459048 god yeah that sounds gross yeah every time i open a new tab when somebody's looking at my computer they're like that's how old you are it's <laughs> like, like weird demoralizing moment like shit yeah growing up it's good though Some, i don't even look at it anymore i don't even notice yeah, it i i'm blind to it yeah so like whenever somebody else is near me i like i'm like oh shit yeah that is i am getting older damn it fuckers why you remind me yeah, yeah. i'm 35.9576754377545543 changing nice nice yeah but actually when this episode does come out yeah i'll be uh 36 officially 36 years old damn getting old dude feeling it in my fucking loins man yeah bro deep in the loins (laughs) (laughs) i like these episodes because usually when i have somebody on here that i've never met before i can't go full goofball you know yeah yeah and i'm like this is like the episode 69 like but a little less OD. (laughs) Extra sauce. I remember for the first one, I was there to try and like rein it in a little. It just (laughs) didn't work at all. Yeah. For the next one, I was like, you guys can uh, go do that one. (laughs) (laughs) People love it. And if people don't love those, then I don't listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was definitely when we asked about what was the favorite moments, that was like a pretty popular one. Yeah. Peeps like it. Yeah. That one in Vitaly's episode. Yeah, it was funny. I got a note from a, a fellow artist, Chris, on Instagram. He does designs cars and all this awesome stuff, amazing cars. And um, he was hitting me up, and he was talking about how he really appreciated I did this interview with School of Motion, and he said how much he really liked that episode. I think I was, like, dealing with some weird shit, and I was just, you know, I just do diarrhea of the mouth because I don't <laughs> give a fuck. yeah. <laughs> And uh, he was like, wow, this is great. And then he's like, I didn't realize you had a podcast too. So I was like, yeah. And I sent him, every time I send somebody to the podcast, I'm like, okay, well, you should listen to Vitaly because that's good. Yeah, this is, the, this is the primer episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the uber sauce right there. Yeah, yeah, dude. What's one of your favorite episodes? Besides, Gotta this be one, Richard Taylor, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. That's like, uh, that was a moment. Sauce, dude. That was a moment, dude. 
too. I was like almost completely silent on it too, but that was You cried a lot. Yeah, I was I was quiet because I was so I don't know, overwhelmed. Teary eyed. Oh, but yeah, that was that was an awesome one. I think Ali Moss is an excellent one. Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Ali's great. Uh, man, so many, dude. Just call him Allie. Everybody just call him Allie. 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 Allie all Mossy. burgers. Allie Mass. <laughs> Allie Mass. Yeah. I'm trying to think. <coughs> Aaron Droplin was, was really good. Aaron yeah. Droplin's was really yeah. good. Nick is Nick was great. He's such a natural. Yeah. Come on. What's his deal with his Instagram? Huh? You listen know, to this, man. Nick? What's your deal? What's going on there? <laughs> So I'll, I'll like like yeah. one of his things and it goes away. I'm like, you motherfucker, what's going on That's here? That's the artist, man. That's the deep artist lifestyle. Uh, art, art is temporary. That's artist style, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it is artist temporary unless you have a tattoo and it's a little longer. Yeah. I true. just got tattooed yesterday. Nice. Fuck, what do you dude. get? Dude, fat, fat flower, bro. A big <laughs> flower on my, on my legsies. Cool. Yeah. yeah. How many do you have? Like, <laughs> have you kept power. track of how many tattoos you have? Like, no. Or, yeah. They're all they're all blend together. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my lower legs are all pretty much done, but I'm now I'm doing like a big cover up thing on my left, and then I have my left arm and my chest done. I got my stomach done. It just sucks. It's so yeah, painful. But, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's so painful. But, yeah, I mean, I've never had a tattoo, so. You need I to. Got, dude. I got a clean slate, bro. Dude, you need I'm just gonna to. get the collective podcast tattoo across <laughs> my chest. Episode two hundred. Yeah. And it's all it's a dialogue across yeah, your body, kind of like memento. Full transcript. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would I'm in full support of that. Let's uh everybody that's listening to this, let's just eat, let's let's get this going. Patreon, whatever we yeah. gotta do. Yeah, Kickstarter, get Andrew sure. um get my face on it, his face. Tattoo yeah. my face on it. <laughs> oh shit, dude! <laughs> dude, yes. I always like, see those like those uh, prison people. You know the people, <laughs> the assholes people that are in prison. And I'm always like, that's pussy shit. You should get somebody's face tattooed on your face. Damn, dude, you gotta get a good artist to do that. Though, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. That'd be so funny. Let me Google if somebody's gotten a face tattooed on a face. Another, it's like face, face off, but tattooed. permanent. Uh, on a face. Let's see. Uh, nah, it's just like skulls and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you have like a tattoo artist that's like your guy or girl? Um, <laughs> yeah, my boy Dave, Dave Hartman at Big Fish Tattoo in Solana Beach. Shout out to my boy Dave. I've known nice. him for a long time. He's, he's kind of like family, basically. Um, yeah, he's just great, and we have a lot of fun. We just like, just, yeah, just great. Oh, I'm nice. Google. This is weird. Dude, don't look up this stuff. This is weird. The guy has a checkered face. Ugh. Damn. What? That'll just be the image for my episode. Like, big checker face tattoo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> People are so dumb. So dumb. Yeah, okay. I got to turn well. this off. I'm getting too super distracted. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, you should get a tattoo. If you would get a tattoo, what would you get? <sighs> I would probably go super like old school American classic, you know, like get a big like anchor or something or like a pinup girl, say like, I don't know, like mom in a heart with a arrow going through it, you know, <laughs> old you get, like barbershop style tattoo. I don't even know. I guess like 
old biker or something. Mama styles. Yeah. Where would you get it? No idea. I have a few friends from back home who are like tattoo artists now, but they're still on the East Coast, so I'd have to fly so far. Dude, worth it, bro. For that exercise. (laughs) I was going to get a... I have a tattoo artist out in, in Japan who's amazing. Shige, he's epic. But I got to go all the way to Japan. Oh, man. Dude, you need an excuse to go to Japan? Dude, I never need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Japan's best. Yeah, man. Dude, I, n- I just realized that. Went, that was the first time we went. Yes. Or that first time, yeah. Yeah, dude. That was 2015? Fun. That was, that was, a, <laughs> that was a pretty epic trip, dude. That's when I got the bug. I've been back like a bunch since then. How many times? I think four, four times. Yeah. Six. And I'm, I'm planning on going later this year. <clears> oh <throat> yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. That is a lot. I've gone back once since then. Damn it's it. the best dude. It is the best. I'm going back on, uh, maybe later this year. I might have a talk at a conference nice. there. So, which is kind of awkward because the language barrier, but it's Japan. So dude, yeah, can't, it's just can't the excuse to get out there, write it off. <laughs> I, I just realized I've, I have never watched any of the movies you've worked on. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. shit. I'm dude. protesting, bro. Look at my IMDb. Dude. No, I'm looking at your website now and I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. I haven't seen black Panther. I never watched fast and furious. <sighs> I never Big watched mistake. the spider man. I watched the newer spider man. The oh, it's the spider verse. Yeah. Cause it's sexy movie is epic. Times. And then he, I didn't yeah. even know what Bumblebee was. I was like, what is this? Dude, Bumblebee's rad. Is it good? It's, yes, it's great. Dude, I don't know, though. We have, yeah. I don't know. It's really good, man. <laughs> Did you cry? I, uh, no, come on, dude. Dude, but, that's, only, that's only chappy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> chappy is uh, my ultimate cry movie. That one, I added a new one since then, which is oh. uh, Paddington 2. Oh my God! You were bro. Watch Paddington two <laughs> and try and tell me that you didn't cry during it because you will. I promise you. I cried uh, during um, the Bohemian Rhapsody. I tried cried twice. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I think it's because I love Queen, the music Queen. Yeah, it's so yeah. good, dude. The music moments of that movie were tremendous. Dude. Like when they were in the studio and oh, so good. Live, it, yeah, that was incredible, dude. I was like fucking pumped, man. Because yeah. I think uh, I think of Queen as like in my mind is the quintessential best rock band of all time. I mean, there's obviously like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all that stuff, but I think in regards to just overall, just how great they were, I think Queen just takes the cake. Takes yeah, the cake I don't think you're me. alone in that, but it's pretty like I think a lot of people will agree that Queen is for sure like one of the all time. And I've always wanted to see them live, so I felt like the, being in the movie. It was almost like getting a chance to see them like when they were touring and stuff and they were like going yeah. through all the tours and like the, it was like a montage of them all doing like their, the main hits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa. yeah. And it was like, some of those moments were great. It was really sad too. You know, when you had, when you got um, diagnosed with AIDS and everything and just, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he was getting bigger and the celebrity celebrityisms or whatever it was, um, I was like, oh man. So yeah. Yeah. But that was good. I really enjoyed that film. It was very Hallmark. It felt like it wasn't a real film. Like it didn't go deep into real stuff, I guess, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of just like <laughs> an intro to Queen, you know, like it covers yeah. 
the, all the bases without like getting super deep. That's like, I guess what you would read like a biography for. Yeah. It's entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. You know? So I think I felt like it did a pretty good job of being entertaining. So yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm when you, this. uh, when you were talking about the movies I worked on, I went to my IMDb just like out of curiosity. Dude. The first one on there, you know what it is? Brazers, bro. Lost Boy, dude. Ah, oh, shit, baby. Yeah, bro. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Lost uh, Boy. That was a fun one, man. Dude. Lost Boy. Lost Boy. Yeah. I, I, how'd they even do that? Did they make it their own IMDb? I guess. It's yeah. on there. It's got like all the cast and crew and shit. Like, I don't know who, who did all of it. You did a great There's job a on that. Crew, bro. dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't even know. A lot of BFX like, on this. I look on that. I'm like, what the heck? But you did an outstanding job on the on all the animations, so really well. Thanks, bro. Yeah. I forgot about all that stuff. Man. Yeah, man. This feels like you a lifetime a ago. <laughs> yeah. You've done a lot since then. We have <laughs> a couple line items since then. But... Yeah, little baby stuff. But yeah. This is crazy though. Yeah, all the title sequence stuff. It's cool because it was like kind of connected to what we had worked on together when we did the stuff on off with Anthony. Yeah, that was was the very first thing we ever worked on together. Mm -hmm. A lot of people always ask me like how I like met you and started working. We should do the, the we should talk about the origin story. Yeah, this is like the origin stories of origin stories right here. Sit down, people. Grab a cocoa and fucking get comfortable. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it all started with a podcast. Oh, yeah. Super sucks. Yeah. So uh, after I had left school and I was like commuting into work was right around when uh, you had released the collective podcast and it was still on Vimeo and I Iggy was still doing like all the he was on a few of the episodes and was doing the notes and stuff and or I guess just like putting them out. And then I had noticed like that there were no real detailed show notes with links to the stuff you guys were talking about, which I, as I'm sure a lot of people listening will know, that's kind of something that we try and take pride in is putting notes to like all the books and movies and random stuff yeah. that is discussed during the episodes. Um, and I reached out and was like, Hey, I li- like your podcast and I would, love to help out in any way I can. Like, do you need help with the notes? And then I started taking notes like a good little secretary. And then uh, I, yeah, cause you're like, Oh, can we do notes? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. So go yeah. for it. <laughs> so then from there, kind of like we would spit ball over kind of how we could make things better and get it on like iTunes and stuff. And then pushed it from Vimeo to iTunes and started doing everything kind of like building the website and coordinating what kind of guests we're going to get. And I guess from there is how we started working together just because we were interfacing, I guess, once a week at that point. Yeah. 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 We were talking a lot. I think it was like, it was just a matter of how it works really, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Cause and I was yeah very green at that point too. So I was like, Hey, like look at me. I'm a motion graphics artist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And you're like, I want to do this. I'm like, so let's do it. I mean, I think that's how I'm always am too. I'm not opposed to if you like you're green or if you're a junior, but if you have like energy and excitement for something I'm like, oh, well then yeah, of course. Cause it makes yeah. sense. You know, I always yeah, feel like really. it's, it's like I would rather work with people that are excited and could use a little bit of help 
rather than somebody that's like maybe ahead of the curve or like too good and lacking like ability to work together you know it's always the spunk yeah so yeah uh, always like uh the working with people that have a lot more energy and, and excitement for the thing because no matter what, that's usually what pulls the project together at the end. Yeah, so, absolutely. Dude, we've been doing this thing for fucking five years, dude. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's really it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, because April's 22nd, 2013 was the first episode of Anthony Scott Burns. So. Wow, it's almost six years then. I mean, I wasn't around. It's true. One, six but, years. Yeah. yeah. Damn, dude. That's oh, dude. crazy. Wow. It's really- it's, and there's been moments where I'm like, this is, I hate this thing. <laughs> And then there's been moments yeah. where I like I really love it. Obviously, there's more of those than the other way, but <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, I was interrupting. But yeah, just to add into it. But yeah, you reached out via email, and then you're like, "Hey, show notes," and I said, "Yeah, that sounds great." Um, you know, it's like community based thing. It wasn't ever designed to be like money or profitable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was more like just putting the passions together and sharing these things with everybody there's been a lot of podcasts that have popped up ever since then too oh yeah a lot it's it's kind of gotten crazy who else is there can you think of like i i I enjoy the school of motion podcast i'm thinking of podcasts that are kind of in our local space do you listen to yeah um i don't really listen to any industry podcasts i know of a bunch like the animalators is a a big one that pops up a bunch um Damn, who was the guy who did one? I forget. There was a guest we had on that made their own podcast. And then I think uh, a couple of them have. Yeah. O- Olaf has done one, I think. And I don't know if he was a guest. Was he a guest? Was Olaf? Well, Sometimes he was like a co host on that episode. In the Sp- yeah, on Spider-Man Spider-Man one, but I think he has his podcast. Yeah. Um, Ghost Shrimp made his own podcast. I think that one's still kicking. Is he doing it still? I think so. Dude, I thought baby. I saw one pop up recently. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's a bunch, dude, and they're they're all great. Like, yeah. uh, Brian made one. Brian Gossett. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't kept tabs on it though, but yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a bunch that popped up. Yeah, it's got it's like a thing. It's like, oh, it's hard to navigate what it is that you're listening to. Sometimes I question the validity or the necess- necessity of them. In the beginning, it was really important, I think, because there was nothing else really. Mm-hmm. Especially in the beginning, there was. I couldn't think of anything in our industry that was like, uh, in my mind, I couldn't remember that there was anything really, you know? Yeah. I, I, the reason I connected with you over it was because this was like the resource at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that there's a, there's a lot of resources out there now, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering where we fit if at all. And if like podcasts are a thing. We're yeah. washed up, dude. <laughs> dude, we have all three guests, our three yeah. fans now. Thank so. you to all three of you who are listening. We, you, you bunch we of jerks. We you. asked you the internet if you guys had any questions. Now, there's there's been a lot of love and praise, but like, yeah, yeah, we don't. I mean, maybe you do. I I never I never do because it doesn't matter to me. But like looking at stats or um, no. numbers and stuff, Mm-mm. probably be depressing. Maybe not yeah. though. I don't think it used to be bang. I remember looking on SoundCloud. It used to be fucking banging. Dude. I think we broke like a million <clears throat> listens, dude, dude. Not a million. Start with the B, baby. Give uh, me that B. Give me that uh, million, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think we. Wow, one and a half million. That's not that's too a, bad, man. That's pretty good, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, though. You know? Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's really weird. That's bad compared to like, I don't know, Justin Bieber song. Oh, dude. It's a million and 20 seconds. Yeah, man. 
How dare, how dare he? We got to get to beaver levels. Nah. I, <laughs> <laughs> that'd yeah, just be true. weird. Well, I think because our, our industry is very small, though. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if there's what, like 30 people doing 30, all this work? 31, if my calculation is correct. Oh, you just got added? You just added yourself to it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I see how it is. Number 200, bro. You got IMDb, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm an yeah. official member. <laughs> yeah, now you are. You're officially here. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something I think about, though, you know, because six years, look how fucking crazy things that have changed in six years, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like almost too much. I don't pay attention to this stuff. I don't watch it too closely, but it, like, I know there's a lot of changes happening. I yeah, feel I feel it, but it's like, man. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you have a better connection to the pulse than most people do just because you are putting together these episodes every week, listening to the voices of the industry, like speak their perspectives and stuff. I mean, anyone who listens is kind of, it's like the frog in boiling water, you know, like as time goes on, you don't realize the change, but when you look back at episode one, you see like, Oh shit. Like we started out and it was like that, but yeah. now it's totally different. Like everything about the industry, I guess. I it mean, was, not totally different, but the, well, it is though. Like Instagram wasn't around back then. Art station wasn't around back then. You know, th those are two. <laughs> that kinda, is crazy. That weird? I mean, oh, I guess Instagram God, was around by then, but I don't know if it was. Yeah, but like not used, not the way it was. Yeah, or um, the way it is. Start date. Wow, Instagram uh, wasn't around. Start date. I think. I mean, it was, but I'd be nine. Okay, yeah. so Oct it was it was around October 2010. Oh, so, what? I yeah. thought it was like 2012. Yeah, or 2010. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's eight years old. Yeah, dude. But nobody was using it. I mean, props to them, I guess, because now it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing now, right? Yeah, Instagram is like the new thing. That's like the only social media platform I have left, and I don't even use it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. That's another thing I want to talk to you about because you stopped using Twitter, which I thought yeah. was interesting. You only Twitter. have, I mean, you run the, the podcast one. So yeah. I still use post. like social media for like, I guess. That's how you spread your hate purposes. and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, Twitter, Facebook, like all the learn squared stuff, Instagram, like I'm, I'm deep in all that stuff. But um yeah, I think just for personal purposes, this is something like <clears throat> like when you, we were talking about Nick Lopardo before, that's something that him and I speak a lot about is kind of just like social presence and stuff like the kind of what's the necessity for it. And I think uh, there's very commonly like a, this drive and desperation to be like, I mean, you've discussed this at length in the podcast before, but still haven't found it, like, though, you know found yeah okay, i guess I like people dying to just get like i don't know exposure and be like super revered for their art and stuff but i don't know it's i i have kind of i'm like i just got i landed in a point where i just don't i'm not that's not something i'm really interested in like mm -hmm. i'm so satisfied where i am now and it's not that i don't want to get better it's just that i don't want to like I don't know. I don't, I have no interest in like blowing up, you know? Mm. And I guess that was kind of like the social media thing. Like I disconnected with a lot of people who I previously had like, uh, like a superficial connection to, but 
it wasn't really like a connection the same way that you and I would speak or like me and my brother or me and my best friends. Sure. I would, I would end up speaking to them through channels completely separate from social media. And then I would find myself following just like hundreds of random people looking at posts and stuff that's like meaningless or not meaningless, but you know, like not it is somewhere though, right? Yeah, yeah. For lack of a better word, meaningless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that's not to say that, I mean, I only know you through social media. So like there's definitely a benefit to it. Yeah. And I, it's the same thing as college for me, you know, where I would never say that college doesn't work for anyone because it does, but it didn't for me. So I left and it's the same thing as social media. Hmm. Like it worked for me when it did. And like at college, I met my best friend who lived with me for several years. Um, and then that's like, I got some great stuff out of it, but in the end, like it wasn't worth it sticking around for four years. So, yeah. Well, it's yeah. good that you know what you want though. Yeah. Cause yeah, it was interesting. Cause I knew that you were pretty active on Twitter for a while there. Yeah. Um, and I have such mixed feelings about Twitter itself as a platform, but yeah. I found that it works for certain things. It really works for like, Hey guys, what computer should I get? <laughs> you know, yeah. or, oh, it's great for that. Like yeah. it's great for certain things. And I mean, I'm definitely left in the, like I'm left hung out to dry in those situations. Cause I don't have that platform. And I remember yeah. like for a while after I had kind of deleted all my stuff, I would rely on my friends, like ask them like, Hey, like what's happening on Facebook right now? That's old school stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how you would do it normally. Yeah. 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 Which I I don't know, man, I'm, I'm happy like not having the ties to social media. It's It's a smart move. It's very satisfying. Yeah. uh, It's a smart move. I've basically removed myself from Facebook pretty much. Um, yeah, I think Facebook is pretty whack. Uh, it's ran its time. I think it's just the same way that like, you know, uh, like, um, like MySpace and all that stuff, they all have their, like their cycles, basically their social experiments. I'm listening to a book right now called the happiness hypothesis. And it's really interesting how he's breaking down in a very deep way, like the way that we work in our stimulus and like the, the way that we are stimulated on things and how, and where it is simulating inside of our mind and how our, how we perceive things to our nervous system, like the negative, um, the negative, uh, bias, I think he's called, we called it. It's really interesting because like all our reactions come in first as like a negative reaction. And then we have to overcome it by like deciphering it and then itemizing it and stuff. It's interesting when he was breaking it down, I was like, Oh, this is like, so this is what you feel when you're on social media, basically like the likes and dislikes, like how it works and why it's so simple, but how effective it is because of what it is, you know? So, yeah. And it's very distracting, you know? So it's, yeah, totally. um, I, I still totally appreciate its value, Yeah, but it's, it's it's just a value. value, Yeah. It's just separate from, I guess the value that I am seeking right now, at least. Yeah. Maybe I'll be back someday. Who knows? Probably yeah. Not. Yeah. And if not, then whatever, but it's like, yeah. there's definitely value there. There's definitely value there. Like I, um, uh, my friend Ken, like I say, he's my friend now cause he's, it's a man of crazy, but Ken block, he's a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We got to talk about this by the way. Yes. Yes. We haven't talked about it. Uh, I've, I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a very long time. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I'm just going to have to bug him at some point. I don't know how he does what he does. That's what I'm very curious about. Cause like he fly every time I'll like, I'll text him 
And then I'll text him in like 12 hours from there. And he's like, Oh, I'm over here in South America. And I text him like the next day. He's like, Oh, I'm in China. I'm like, well, how are you doing this, man? Yeah. I just got back from Europe and it was like 11 and a half. I mean, I guess I'm, I fly like a normal person. So I have to sit with all the fucking people and shit. I don't yeah, know. I imagine yeah. maybe he doesn't do that. Um, that probably helps, but man, it's like, Getting off that plane, I felt like I got flushed down the toilet, man. It was like, yeah. fuck my life. It took 23 hours from the hotel back home. But anyways, <laughs> it was an amazing trip, though. But yeah, it's... it's um I don't know how he does it. I'm really yeah, curious. Yeah, well, I'm sure he, a lot of people like look at you the same way and they think like, I don't know how he does I mean, I look at you this way, like where it's like, how do you do all these projects? Like, wow, it's just amazing. Like one week you're doing this thing and the next week you're doing that thing. And it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's the same way that he has uh, the, the um, I don't know, like the discipline to travel that much and put up with it. Like he's probably just fallen into different states of like Zen during travel that you have achieved during work and productivity and stuff that a lot of people listening, myself included, are like amazed by, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there, there's got to be something, right? Because it works. So I'm yeah, like, what the heck? Exactly. How do you maintain it? But yeah. he has, he, I was just congratulating him the other day because he got 5 million followers on Instagram. Damn. And I was like, damn, dude, that's crazy. I mean, there's obviously, there's like, there's some people that I'm like don't make sense. They have some more followers, but I don't, I don't know. I don't follow that. Kim stuff. Kardashian, bro. Like all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like cool. I mean, it's it's cool. I I've I've learned, and my friend Graham gave me some really good advice on this kind of stuff recently. He's like, basically, like if you if if something you don't like about something, then just don't even think about it and try to focus your energy on things that you you do like, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know her. I don't know that. So I don't, I mean, and I don't want to sound like a jealous person cause I'm not, I don't even know what that must feel like. That must be super crazy. Yeah. But I, what I'm getting back with social media is like, he's the one person I know somewhat that has such a massive like following base. It's mm-hmm. just really crazy to me. Like, yeah, dude, it's really bizarre almost, you know, like, but, um, it's a yeah. different world. Yeah, it is. And I think that he's very uh, cognitive of like the, the his fans and very aware and very connected to that. And it's cool. Like, it's really interesting. But he's like one of the first very successful people that I've ever met that's like really down to earth and super open, super sharing and giving. Like that, that was a big lesson that I learned from him too. Because I always felt like people at his level would just be super like Donald Trump styles, you know, and mm-hmm. they are there because it makes sense. But yeah, he's been really cool, man. Super yeah. stoked. Can but you yeah. talk about how that came about? Yeah, sure. Sure. So I was doing a bunch of car renders for a while and I was doing them because I love cars and I love like just being a dork and enjoying like making things. And, um, if I, if my wife would have let me, um, I would own like 10 cars or 20 cars because I love cars and I'm really stupid like that, <laughs> but she won't. So, but what I do own is a computer and I have the ability to make cars. So I just basically would do that in my like spare time, quote unquote. And, uh, but when I was making them, I was like, this is really cool, <laughs> but it would be really cool if they, they could become a reality. And I had, I grew up in Southern California 
And in Southern California, it's like really close and attached to like action sports. So skateboarding and BMX and, um, and that all kind of translated over to like X games and, um, and that turned into like auto motorsports and all that kind of stuff. And that's, um, that's how I got really familiar with what Ken was doing. What, and he created DC shoes. So it was very, like, he was very much a part of what we were into as kids and growing mm-hmm. up. So I was aware of what he, what, what he was doing for a long time. And, and like a fun fact is that he went to school or Danny, I think one, one of his partners went to the same high school I did. Um, and I think he went to a school that was like right next to mine, which is crazy. Um, where he, I think Ken, world. I think Ken's like 50 years old now, which is really nuts because he just, he's such a beast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I was doing these designs, I was doing all these things, making cars. And I was like, man, it'd be really cool if like Ken or Brian, any of these guys would have saw what I was doing. And then they would be like, oh, let's have Ash design our cars. Cause I knew that I knew that they probably hadn't done it like this before, like using CGI in the way. And, um, they didn't. So anyways, long story short, I was, I was, I was on a call with a friend of mine at my house. And then my friend, Sam, who runs a studio called Wedge and Lever, a really, really good design studio. And he was here, I was helping him with some stuff and he, and I was talking to my friend saying, Oh, you know, like the idea is that Ken, if Ken saw this, then he would hire me to do, to do one of his designs of his cars. Anyways, I finished the car the call and like, Sam's like, Oh, do you know, I know one of Ken's friends. And I was like, well, you know, introduce me. And so <laughs> he introduced me to Ken and, I got Ken on email and I, and Ken was like, Oh, what's up, man? Thanks. For I showed him some of my work. And he was like, this is really awesome. And he's like, so what do you propose? And I was like, well, I want to design all your race cars because that's what I want to do. It'd be awesome. And he's like, Oh, okay. That sounds great. <laughs> so, and that's how it goes. Basically. That was easy. <laughs> well, full, I mean, the thing is, is like we aligned basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I think it was easy because he could see that I had the passion Mm. And you can see that I had the skills to, to, to Got produce. Got the skills to pay the bills, bro. Exactly. So, yeah. And it all kind of just worked out very naturally. It was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. This guy's cool. He's into this and we could do that and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, before you know it, it's all coming together. And um, yeah, so long story short, go, you know, it took four months. Four months of work to build yeah, that car. It took a lifetime, dude. I mean, that's dude. that literally is like a lifetime dream come true. If that's like the yes. story, yeah, <laughs> it that's was. Wild. It was crazy because I remember the first Jim Conda video coming out and how, like, for me as like a car person and like what I'm into, it was like, it was like the first time I saw Star Wars. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is awesome. This is so yeah. cool. Like, this is a guy doing something with a car I'd never seen before and having fun and being silly and had such personality and to now like be texting him all the time and to, you know, like casual friends. I look at him almost as a mentor because he's so accomplished. I really appreciate what he's been able to do. So, yeah. And it looks like I'm going to be flying out to Missouri to his race event for the first race event with the fucking Kazi that I designed Oh shit! and he's going to take me in it on a test run. So wow. I'm like <laughs> shitting myself. Like, Damn dude. That's, that's really full circle dude. right there. And I think if, if anything like to, to you and everybody, anybody that's listening, it's like 100% manifestation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like don't be an asshole, be good, <laughs> you know, be respectful of people and get it out there. And 
put your passion out there and it all comes around, man. It really does. <laughs> so yeah. much of this stuff is just, you know, putting it out there. Um, like I put countless hours of building these things out, learning these render engines and like modeling and shit that I really didn't want to. And it all kind of adds up, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, it was a pull. It's a, this is like really crazy. It's really, it's hard to put to words. I mean, you know how it is when things like this happen, you're just like, what? You know, like when the whole thing yeah. happened with the whole Chipotle, I don't, I know you don't want to bring it yeah. back, but like when it happened, it's yeah. hard to even put it into words. Yeah. Cause it's like, Absolutely. it's surreal, you know? So yeah. Yeah, man. But yeah, it was, it was a, it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it. And a big shout out to my buddy, Leo Estevez. He was a student of mine. Now he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he goes by less six or what is it? Freaking less, less 83 less, machines. Less, yeah. Less 83 machines. Um, he's awesome. He's amazing. He really did such a huge part in getting like the livery all put on there with like a lot of UVing, which is oh, such a pain in the ass. And then my friend, Billy Chitkins, who's really awesome and he's really good at modeling and stuff. So he helped out a lot with just all the, the minutia of getting modeling and all the details and stuff without them. I couldn't have done it, especially in the timeline. So like those guys, those two guys helped me significantly when it came down to getting all these things done because it just takes so much work, it takes so much work. And they're so good at what they do too. So it was definitely like a big group collaboration together. And then everybody that fucking put the car together. I mean, there's like a whole team of people on the UK that built the fucking car. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's a whole other aspect. <laughs> Dude, they made the car. That's the real thing. That's the real yeah. that's the nutty thing. And that was always the dream. It was like design a car that's batshit crazy that can will drive and drive the fuck out of it. And he's one of those drivers that will just drive a car so hard like zero fucks didn't he drive a car that like exploded or something oh, like yeah, it happens all the time yeah well the so last kazi he was doing a, a rally <laughs> going doing rallies and i think uh something happened with like the drivetrain or something locked up and then it flipped and and then um the fuel rail broke i think and then spit race fuel all over the exhaust manifold and instantly engulfed the car and just fucking lit up on fire it's crazy i actually saw the car when i was in in utah ironically um i was out at sundance for a film i'd worked on and i went to visit ken's shop kids ken lives in park city and that was awesome too getting to see his shop and his cars and all that stuff that was so cool so yeah yeah it's been amazing been really amazing pure manifestation it was like really really great feels great making dreams come true bro yeah yeah man it's like yeah it's also fun because like um you know i hate being pigeonholed just like you you don't want to talk about chipotle you know (laughs) yeah exactly it's annoying um yeah i hate i hate when people are like is a UI guy. I'm like, I'm not fucking UI guy, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many other things. Yeah. So this is like one of those excuses that I have to stay away from that stuff even further. As much For as sure. I don't mind doing UI, it's just like, no, it's, this is a, a whole different endeavor really. So yeah, that's something too. I like, I'm probably going to keep bringing up Nick Lopardo in this cause I talk to him all the time. Like, yeah, He's a good guy. That, man. that exact subject of like pigeonholing is mm-hmm. something that I think you and Mache kind of are like forerunners in that regard where it's like you don't want to just be that one thing. So you just like broke that mold really quick. And I think that that has been like a huge influence to me personally where I'm like, all right, fuck, like I don't want to just do that one thing. I want to 
branch out and kind of explore all these different realms and do all this different stuff. So it's, it's cool that you're actually like still manifesting all that stuff and because it's, it's had a huge impact on me and I know it's had a lot of impact on other people too. So good, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. what are you doing right now? <clears throat> Cause I know you're working at that studio and you love it, huh? You're, you, you yeah, dig that dude, studio life, I, huh? Yeah. I work at Cantina Creative in sunny Los Angeles. Shout and out I, to your boys and girls. Yeah. Peoples. Dude, Cantina is probably the best job I could ever have imagined having in my life. Like I can't imagine working in another studio and having like a better time, like between the type of work that comes in and the people and the, the lifestyle and pretty much every aspect of the studio itself is just tremendous. And people like freelancers come in and out all the time and they're like, Oh, you, you work with Ash? Like, you know, Ash, Oh my God. And it's always like really cool to be like, also not just the guy that knows Ash, but then doing no, that's all you are. work on awesome projects. But like, <laughs> yeah. No, all bro, those, you're like, just my friend, man. That's it. I know. I'm, I'm your underling, dude. I'll always be that, that guy who, <laughs> who didn't know what that, the shower curtain on and the water went all over the place. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. We yeah. should talk about that for the rest of the podcast. Dude, that was, that was a great memory. <laughs> how did that whole job end up? Like, how did that come about? Um, so I was working at infinity ward on Mm -hmm. infinite warfare. Yeah. That was always confusing, right? Yeah. Infinity ward, infinite warfare. And then right at the same time, like infinity war, the Avengers movie was coming out. It was like, (laughs) I remember that it was a conundrum. Too much. I asked Whoa. And then there was that studio imaginary forces. Yeah. They probably did work for it. So it was a lot lot of of infinity, a lot of infinities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was there and we were looking for, um, another kind of UI motion graphic designer to help out. And then we, um, brought in this guy, Sang Yup Kim, who is one of my good pals, awesome motion designer. And, uh, Korean we, dude? yeah, do you no. know him? No. Oh, maybe you, you might've been at prologue at the same time, like on battleship or something. Mm, maybe. I remember seeing like his like portfolio, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, so we, uh, we brought Sang in for that and then we were there for probably like nine months. And then, uh, when he left, it was also around a time when like my contract was ending as well. And then he said that, uh, he was going to work at this studio called Cantina and I had heard of them of course, cause they do like awesome work and do a ton of great UI stuff in the, in the, in the biz. And then, uh, he was like going to, I think he just, my name got brought up like, oh, I know a freelancer who I just worked with and he's good. And then I got brought in for freelance and I worked there for about a year as a freelancer, pretty much nonstop. I think I only had like a week or two off in that whole period of time. And then uh, I got offered staff and I've been there for, I think, a year and a half at this point. Sick. Yeah. It's you been really great. like it though. Because I remember Dude, when we were at Learn Squared and you were like, um, you were like, I don't want to do this all the whole time because it doesn't give me creative fulfilled. I was like, yeah, well then go get a job, you know? And then yeah. you're, you're freelancing. <laughs> yes. That was hard to do because freelance is yeah. a bitch and you weren't like, you know, like Mache is all sorted he's got his career legacy going and I had my thing going. So I think you were in this weird kind of conundrum. And I remember you started that studio and you really liked it. <clears throat> so that's yeah. cool. And they, yeah, they primarily do too. design like UI design stuff, right? Yeah. They primarily do like tech design I think is how I've described it or okay. summarized it but they do 
everything too. Like, uh, we worked on this movie hotel Artemis recently, um, which I think came out early last year or maybe mid last year. And we did all the VFX for the whole movie. So like CG environments and like plate extensions and all sorts of compositing. And yeah, it was pretty much the whole gamut, including some UI design that, um, I did some stuff in that. I don't have it on my site yet, but is that, yeah. is that a set attached to that? Um, ready player one. No, that's, um, ready player one. Wait, ready player one had Artemis. And I thought so there was, a Oh yeah. It was like a character there. or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, no. There's a Andy Weir, the guy who made that movie, the Martian or wrote the book, the Martian. Mm. He, uh, he is that's writing or wrote a book recently called Artemis. And I think it came out like right as Hotel Artemis was coming out and people oh, got that confused. <laughs> a lot of like similar names. Like, well, there's the- like, there's contents coming out at all, t- all speeds at all times. It's really yeah, crazy. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I can't even watch all the content. Um, yeah. Nor do I care to, to be honest. So yeah. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I, I was trying to watch the newest, the latest episodes of True Detective Oh yeah, I and haven't I even started yet. Get all sleepy. I kept falling asleep. It's like it sucks because like I don't want to just you know it's amazing, yeah, what they've done. But at the same time, I think it's this very this very slow build, which is great. But I think when I watch it, I shouldn't watch it in bed. I watch it in bed, and that's the problem. I'm already yeah, I, I recently got a TV in my room for the first time since I was like a little kid. Oh, and now like, dude, Winter. I just watch everything when I'm going to bed. <laughs> I fall asleep a lot. So I've gotten into the habit of only putting on stuff that I've seen already, so I kind of yeah. never miss out. I almost always watch The Office. That's basically Oh, yeah. I, watch. I recently watched The Office for the first time <laughs> all the way through like six months ago. Sorry. I was definitely messaging you about it. Oh, like, yeah, dude, that is incredible. Dude, it's I was so just good. watching it. I was just watching it. I was watching uh, um, Michael's birthday. Oh, it's so good. When Kevin gets <laughs> cancer. And then uh, my yeah. favorite part in that whole episode is when Dwight gets him the jersey. It's all... Oh, he's like, oh, here's the jersey. And he's at the hockey rink and he's like, oh, look at this. And then Michael's like, oh, great. And then he like went, looks in the back of it and goes, from Dwight, number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. That show is brilliant, man. I love yeah. that show because it's like, I don't even know how they make that show. Like, it's so good. I don't understand how you would write that. I don't, I don't even know. It's crazy. Yeah. I met I met the temp. Um Oh, Ryan. Yeah. I remember, remember I sent you the photo. I met Ryan. Oh, wow. Dude, that hat, that was definitely before I ever watched it. Yeah. Baby. Like, that was a while ago, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to blank. What's his freaking real name? Uh, BJ Novak. Yes. BJ Novak. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sucked cause I had, I was super sick, but I'm such a huge office fan and we were doing Google, it was like the weirdest thing. Google, was like, oh, hey, come on, do a talk at Google. Remember that, dude. Yeah. I remember I met you after I came, I think I went to go get dinner with you. Yeah. And then I got my first traffic ticket. You remember that? Oh, dude. That was, so <laughs> that was crazy. Dude. What are the odds of that? Crazy. <laughs> first time I ever got pulled over, you were in the car. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, dude, this guy's dangerous, man. Yeah. Because you, you, you were doing a buck. You were doing 130 in that homeless alley. Bro. Yeah, I was like, and you're like, dude, you check out my new hobby, and I'm like, what is it? You're like, I love to run over homeless. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> so you're the drift king, dude. Tokyo drift. That's that's what you told me to tell people, but it was secretly that you love to run over homeless people. So I was oh, like, yeah, we went down Skid Row, and you were just like, dude, check out my skids, and I was like, ah. <laughs> 
skids and skid row. <laughs> just <laughs> dropping skids over homeless people, taking Damn. them out. I mean, remember that night you took out at least 14 of them. It was crazy. A lot, bro. And I was like, Andrew, dude, I just met BJ Novak. This is enough of the day. <laughs> you're like, what not a, enough. What a night. Wow. <laughs> well, I think you were jealous because you're trying to like over, you're trying to overcompensate because I met uh, Novak and you're like, dude, I got shit. I got shit. I don't even know who this guy is yet. I'm going to watch the office in two years and find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was a, that was a fun night though. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah, that was a. Uh, what did you get the ticket for? I forgot for texting um, or something. No, it was my uh, registration. The sticker on my license plate was oh, the wrong. Yeah, dude, they knew because the sticker was the wrong color. Dude, <laughs> every year. Cops that do that. I mean, I, cops are. They have some of the gnarliest jobs. Hand it to them. They're they're amazing. It's a real gnarly job. But when you when you're that much of a bitch of a cop, I'm like, get out of here, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. There's way worse things. Yeah. Come on. But, Come on, well, bruh. Taught me to always update my registration to all you That's listeners true. out there. Yeah. Don't don't pull Renew a your registration. <laughs> it's called pulling a harlot. Yeah. Also in That's, Skid Row, don't run over the homeless people like yeah. you used to do. Do you still yeah. do that? Nah, man. That ain't me. You gave it up? Yeah. yeah. Just like Chipotle. Oh, <laughs> you said not to bring it up, man. Yeah. And now we got to talk about it for another 30 minutes. <laughs> Someone yeah, asked the on Twitter, they're like, stuff. Uh, what's the official stats on Chipotle life? And I just said, it's a picture of a bloody toilet. Oh yeah, dude. That's why you guys inspired me to <laughs> I've buy I've never gotten the runs bed. from Chipotle, by the way. Me neither, I, dude. <laughs> and I've eaten it. Um, my daughter loves Chipotle. She's always like, oh, Chipotle this, Chipotle that. And, and, uh, and I, we eat it a bit at home yeah. and like, I, I never had this, I never had the runs from it. No, nah, it's an easy joke to make for sure. Just yes. it's like spicy Mexican food, but I think it's just what happens when things get famous. Oh yeah, yeah. It's for just sure. what happens. Like I was interesting. I was listening to a, a really good podcast with uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast this past mm-hmm. weekend. It's called, and he had Dane Cook on, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. great, man! Like I grew up listening to Dane Cook. Like Vicious Cycle album is like one of my favorites, all time favorites. And uh, yeah, he was talking about. Uh, um, what was he talking about oh just like being really famous because like dane cook was like huge yeah like for sure for comedians there was none bigger at that time and so he was just talking about like fame and how how hard it hit him and like how crazy it was this is a really interesting episode really really interesting yeah fame is weird man it's really weird and people got jealous and they would just start hating on him because Mm -hmm. like because he was famous you know which is really weird so i don't know it's yeah it's a weird, it's a weird one shit happens dude <laughs> oh fucking dude this cold is killing me i hate it i i had like a cough and then it went away and then we went went to europe and dude the stupid plane ride or i get sick from being under acs and stuff like that shit makes me sick you gotta wear a blanket dude snuggle up dude i'm thinking about just going permanent scarf boy like just scarfing up, dude. Shit, bro. That's a major move right there. <laughs> or I have a sleeping bag. I'm just going to punch holes in it and then just wear it. Like, and I'll just be like, I'll have the bottom just like yes, drag it on the ground like a, like a, like a beaver tail. <laughs> yes, bro. Like it's like a snuggie, but like made at home. <laughs> dude, it's a, ch- it's a, a poor man snuggie, dude. Yeah. With the beaver tail. Don't touch my beaver tail, dude. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea. I should probably try that out. Yeah, bro. So Cantina, you're there, you're enjoying it. What are you doing there? What are you doing? 
Um, design, design and animation. I for Bumblebee, <clears throat> which came out in December, I was design supervisor on that. Uh, I had the honor of damn dude. that title. Yeah, it was people under you. How were you a cruel boss? No, no, dude, I'm a great boss. I actually, it was that's a pretty. A, that's small all the cruel ones say, though. <laughs> it was a pretty nice. small team. It was only 45? a few other designers. No, and I 70? got to work with all my best friends, dude. Like, what happened if they would send? They would give you some art, and it was whack. You would be like, dude, this isn't Bumblebee worthy, bro. It never happened, bro. No, you just they're had, all good. Added the sauce. Yeah, I stirred it up in the pot. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I, so that was <laughs> it. It was a very like it wasn't any kind of like official like. Andrew, you're going to be a supervisor. Like you better do this and that. Like it was very, Cantina has a great way of kind of taking the bureaucracy out of like what would typically be the business end of the business. I don't know what else to say, but like nice sentence, bro. Yeah. Like there's, I know that credit and like stuff like that is a huge kind of like question mark for a lot of studios. Uh, but Cantina has like always been super like generous with like always giving credit where it's due and crediting all the artists. And it's been tremendous so far. I remember when we worked on the off titles, I saw the poster in my room from five years ago. Uh, when you gave me the credit on that poster, that was like the proudest I've ever been. Dude. Hell like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Like animator, whatever it was, but yeah, <laughs> you don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. I can just look at it. Like, just see it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so de- design supervisor for Bumblebee. Um, cool. But yeah, before that, um, every pretty much every movie or literally every movie I've ever worked on has been with Cantina. Like they, Sean Cushing, the owner, like he brings in some sweet gigs. Like him and Steve, they 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 do good work, man. And uh, I guess the other supervisors there, Tony and Alan, have just been crushing it. You know. That's cool. Alan man. Torres is a designer who he I'm sure a lot of people know his work too, but um yeah, he's like working right next to him, like in the same kind of studio space has been really incredible for me, I think. Like learning so much just like every day. And yeah, it's it's great to just like make new friends in a studio environment that's it's just like, I don't know, it's you can't really ask for something better than that. Just like going to hang out with your friends all day and do awesome work. That's true. That's true. And yeah. then you also run learn square with Minche. How, how's, how do you manage that? Yeah. Too? <laughs> that's the after hours gig. That's, that's <laughs> when I get to have no life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when we, you and I and Mache and AJ were starting out learn squared, that was when it was definitely the hardest uh, and that was when I wasn't staff and when I was freelance and before I had taken on any long permalance gigs and I had, uh, pretty much just like turned off the freelance pipe and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do like, I'm just going to work on building this business, which is something I've never done before. <laughs> like yeah. sure none of us had really done it before. And we were such deep um, shits. It was great. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's probably what helped us get it to where it needed to get. Yeah. Um, so we all kinda, yeah, a lot of dumb luck and a lot of just like long, long nights, a lot of long phone calls. Weren't we on a phone call like on new year's Eve one time, like oh, or new year's day or something stupid. Yeah. yeah but we did phone calls like 
we were like, yeah. ooh, like phone calls. It was like phone calls were like ice cream. It's or nine a.m., dude. Like, we we loved them. Yeah. yeah, but so yeah. Um, I mean, since we launched that in what 2015, that's almost three and a half, four years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since then, uh, I, you and AJ have departed the company, moved on to greener pastures. Um, a lot of people ask me too, like right when it happened, like, Oh, are you like, are you pissed at Ash? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like, Ash <laughs> is like my best friend. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Mateo well, I left I, because I didn't want to ruin any, our friendship really. Cause it was just, yeah. it was just like, it was just, yeah, it was not working. It's yeah. It's business. It was tough. As man. a way of, yeah, just like intervening, I think. And, causing rifts and stuff. But I think since, since you've gone, which was what, uh, December of 2017. Wow. Was it that long ago? I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah. It was like, I think either early last year or late two years ago, whatever. Anyway, uh, since then, Maché and I have kind of just like been, it's still kind of the same capacity of just like a after hours side gig, um, which realistically probably holds it back <laughs> to some degree. But I think Mache and I, like you were talking about before, it's a huge thing for the both of us to continue doing creative work. And I'm not going to let that stop me from doing it. So, and it's also like, I'm not going to let my creative work stop this other enterprise that we've all worked so hard to put together just because of how like or at least what I think is beneficial to a lot of people. Like we've had students reach out and tell us like that they've gotten their dream jobs. And I mean, you know, all the stories, but for the people who are listening and aren't familiar, um, yeah, learn squared. We've, it's just, I mean, I'll, you want, I'll, I'll do a plug right now, dude. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Plug, plug it, it's your, it's your company. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, we have tutorials from leading artists in the industry, Ash Thorpe being one of them. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's, it's, it started out as kind of just like a, a way to connect artists or like budding artists with uh, the processes and like thought processes of the leading artists in the industry and kind of giving them a direct insight to how these like people they're inspired by actually work and what is their actual process. And then beyond that, the process of like how they actually learn from one another. So when they do something that's totally unrelated, how do they actually learn a new skill and what are the things that they latch onto in a subject matter that might be foreign to them? Um, But yeah, so I think one big thing that we've recognized quickly was just how successful the, the um, techniques and stuff that these instructors and artists were communicating just because we've, like I said a minute ago, like had people reach out and be like, Oh, I got a dream job. I, I switched industries. I dropped out of school and I've started making like a great amount of money. Like it's, it's pretty much every kind of success story you could ever imagine. Uh, what we think is kind of due in part to some of the, the, I'm sure there's a million other factors that went into it as well, but a lot of what, the they were learning from the courses had to do with kind of their transition out of whatever they were in before and kind of change of mindset um like surgeon for example i know he was one of your students and you've ended up 
working with him and mm-hmm. he's gone on to do incredible work. Like I look at Sergen's portfolio all the time and I'm like, damn, what the fuck? How is Sergen like so good? Yeah. He, but, he went off, man. He went crazy. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see that too, because like, I remember like just when he signed on for like mentorship or whatever it was, it was like, wow, like seeing him go from like where he was starting out in your course all the way through the end of it. And by the end of the course, I was like, wow, this guy is like amazing. And then by the very, like by today, it's like, holy shit. But yeah, I I don't know where I was really going with that, but yeah, it's, it's so it's cool to see people transfer and go into it and change. And yeah, for sure. So that's kind of like, definitely the most inspiring thing for us to just like not be like oh like fuck that like i i want to focus on my job like my day job i'm gonna quit learn squared like it's it's more important to other people at this point or it's important enough to other people at this point to where like like i feel a personal obligation like i want this to be as good as it can for other people just because it's yeah i don't know it started as something just like kind of like, let's see where this will go. And then it went somewhere and now there's like a, a responsibility to stick with it and make it awesome. So we're still bringing on tons of new artists and making new courses and launched a new website and yeah. all sorts of stuff. That yeah. website. Oof, man. Yeah. People don't Big realize change. how much work goes into that stuff. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Shout much, out to so uh, time. So Pat Waller for, <laughs> for building all of it and Boxhead. We found a the the web developers who made Man vs Machines website, mm. and we brought them on as the uh, um, front end developers. Boxhead, awesome, They're great, love those guys. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a huge yeah. undertaking, but yeah. uh, hopefully it's working. People like it. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's it's been great. And yeah. we have like the whole community on Discord, like really great active chats going on there, like people sharing their work. And yeah, it's incredible, dude. Like I've I've never I, I guess before Learn Squared, the biggest enterprise that I've ever like been a part of building was the podcast. Yeah. And I think that it kind of like the discipline and week in, week out nature of it, like we've since transitioned to bi-weekly episodes where it's an episode every other week. But when we were for the past like three or four years, we were doing weekly episodes. Yeah. yeah. So there was kind of like a, I think that combined with kind of the mentalities and mindsets that I've learned through just like building work ethic and uh, like hearing people on the podcast, like Vitaly talk about it, it's kind of just, and also being surrounded by you guys as we were, building the company it's all these different points were kind of like teaching me to be disciplined and stick with things and all the books we've read i mean we could yeah. list off a thousand books that we read during the founding oh of God. that but yeah yeah well, it um, helps it helps being around you know people that are doing things that are inspiring you it's it's so important oh for sure dude it's, for that's sure when, the reason why those are important times and it's important to have that is because through your journey, there's ton, countless amounts of, of doubt and struggle and all those things. And it's good to have people around you that are there to go like, Oh yeah, it's, I've been there. It's not a problem. Just keep going. Or, or they've experienced something that can help you through it as well. Or just them being who they are leading by example. And that's usually how 
get anything really pow- powerful done, you know, it's by having somebody powerful in your life. Yeah. Because I think the opposite is when you don't have somebody powerful in your life or like a shitty person, it's just like your life sucks, you know? Yeah. Somebody that yeah, doesn't, doesn't push or doesn't understand like good quality or they're just using you. You're like, oh, God. Totally, dude. Yeah. There's that, I mean, old adage that's like, uh, you are who you surround yourself with. So true. And that's so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. So but, true. It's yeah. really great though. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you guys have carried on, you know, and taken it on. It's a huge endeavor, you know, it's, it's yeah. so much work, <clears throat> so much, yeah. work, so much work. And, and, you know, primarily it was like, I wanted to, have my life back. That was one thing mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Like, and I also, I really, I think after that too, I really also really, I really, I mean, you, this is something I know you cherish cause it's your, you've been pretty good at it, but like, I like my privacy, you know, Yeah. like being open all the time and having my office and computer open all the time. I don't know how these YouTube guys do this stuff, man. Yeah. It's, it's not, wild. It's, it's not comfortable. It's like, it doesn't feel right. I don't yeah. mind. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty damn transparent person, but Man, constantly doing that, it's like, oh, man, like I need time to myself, you know, I need time yeah. to think and process and problem solve. Uh, if you're constantly like have the computer open to people, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, props to people that do it. Not for me, though. Not into it. So. But that, that was nice. I like getting my life back. That was really cool. Yeah, so. for sure. And we recognize it too because we are in the same boat as you. I mean, we we do like the separate things. Like we have the business side and we have the art side. And like the same way you don't get caught up in like the bureaucracy or whatever of running your own design business. It's like you just want to focus on the thing that you're focusing on. And it's it's, it's great to know where your priorities lie and nobody, I think nobody who actually is friends with or cares about the other person would ever want to like prevent them from doing that. Yeah. No, yeah. Definitely. So yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah. I got a couple things that I found on Twitter when I mentioned that we're doing this. Let's see. Got a couple questions here. Um, from Jesus Suarez. Jesus. Jesus, my white brain always thinks Jesus, Jesus. So <laughs> Jesus asked us a question. Um, great to know your approach on booking because you're probably very busy. So what do you do about overlapping client booking? Um, whew, booking. I mean, you're full time, so you can't really talk on this. I, I take freelance jobs too, though. Oh, don't tell them. Don't get yeah. in trouble, bro. <laughs> they know, dude. Dude. Transparency is key, bro. Dude, are you doing it at the job? No, bro. Never. Come on. How could I? Like, As in even... never, do you mean always? No, dude. By never, do you mean using all the render farm resources? All I right. wish I had their render farm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you do freelancing. So how do you manage uh, your bookings and stuff? I think... For starters, I would never recommend it to somebody who is new to the industry. Like, just do not start doing multiple freelance jobs until you are very familiar with your efficiency and being able to provide reasonable and realistic time estimates. That's a huge thing. And it's way more difficult than I had ever imagined. Like, I think it's like, oh, yeah, like when you're a student, you're like, oh, yeah, I could make a whole animated music video in 
three days, like for sure, dude, like no problem. <laughs> and then like reality sinks in. It's like, holy shit, like this is going to either be the worst music video ever or I'm just not going to get it done. And then it ends up just being the worst thing ever. And that's what being a student is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think just realistic time uh, management and communication, like I was saying before, transparency is pretty key, I think, and being realistic about your time is the biggest thing. And this just happened with us a couple of weeks ago where you had sent over like a job where they were looking for somebody super last minute. And I was like, look, I don't have like as much as I would like to help out. I don't have the time to do it. So yeah. you have to be able to say no. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. Saying no is poof, super powerful. I, yeah. I, I say no all the time. And actually, I don't even say no anymore. My wife says no for me. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thankful because get basically, married is the advice. And yeah, tell get your wife married. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get married and have your wife handle your, or your husband handle your emails. Cause that, yeah. that always helps. No, I think, yeah. Knowing how to say no is really key. Um, the older I get, the more I'm doing this stuff, the more that I realize like the power of saying no, how important it is, or this is the power of being honest though and direct, you know, yeah. I'll give a quick example. So like I'm designing this thing for Ken and Ken's like, Oh, but this has to be very realistic and this and that. I'm like, well, I've never made a car before. So I'll tell him, Hey, I've never made a car before as much as I know that might damage my communication with him, or he might look at me like, what a pathetic asshole, you know? <laughs> but no, yeah. instead of that, he was like, okay, well I'll, now I know where you're at. So what can we do? And it actually opened up dialogue. It was more or less like, Hey, I've never done this, but I'm willing to try, but I don't want you to know full disclosure that this is completely new. So I think that's really important. And I've, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing like it's good to just be upfront, direct and, and open. Yes. And so uh, overbooking. I did a lot of it in the beginning of my career. Uh, do I regret it? Yes. Uh, the things that you can avoid, I would suggest just learning to say no, there's going to be another time to do a job and it's actually better to do a job when you're f more focused on it because you're able to make it better. And it's better to do one job that you're going to be really good at and do it right. than three that you're going to do semi great. Yeah. Know? So totally, it's, it's a tough one, but I mean, I get it because if you're starting out and it's, we're in different places, if you're starting out, then we're in different places. I'm like eight years in on this career. So <laughs> it's a different place, right? I'm, yeah, I'm two years away from my 10 year hit. I guess whatever you call that. It's like that whole mastery thing. Um, and so I think it's, mm, it's very difficult, I think to, yeah to, to say for me to give you those opinions and stuff. Cause it's hard because you have to learn yourself. But, um, I think it's key to, to understand how to value your time and yourself and also value your clients. And it's actually really unethical to, to, to do multiple jobs and charge for things, you know? So yeah, actually not good. So it's bad all the way around. And unless you really need the money and you really need the exposure and you're, you're willing to suffer, then I'd say maybe avoid it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason Thomas James, you got three first names in your name. <laughs> power move right there from uh, the James parents. Uh, Jason Thomas James, okay. Uh, what do you do when jobs go sour? Producers, the good and the bad, breaking down projects and figuring out when you need more people on jobs, etc. Is basically what Jesus said. 
Um, so basically talking about what do you do when projects go bad? Those are different questions, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. That's, a, yeah I, that's a interesting question. I mean, I've definitely been on jobs that have gone bad, but I mean, there was like a, <clears throat> an adage that I had recently kind of formed on a gig that was, had gone a little sour and it was that it could, it could be worse. Yeah. And like, they're like, if you think about it at the end of the day, like just put up with it till the end of the gig and then just don't work with those people again. Like yeah. I, or at least that's my perspective on it. Cause I mean, if you've agreed to something and you like, there's people counting on you and there's a lot of other people involved, then it's kind of like your responsibility to sleep in the bed you've made. Yep. And then you have to do your best work and there's no like, I think it's totally unethical at that point to just do shitty work. I think you should probably stand behind your agreement and do the best job you can and then kind of just say thanks for the opportunity and just go off and live your life. I mean, yep. yeah, it's just just finish the job is, is my answer to that, I guess. Uh, needing to bring on extra people. I mean, that happens all the time. That's just like a an issue of like scope creep I guess you know when like things appear to be less intimidating or daunting when they start out and then as reality sinks in that's another thing too where like either the client adds in more deliverables or whatever to where it's like oh actually we want this to be photo real now and it's like okay shit well I gotta hire somebody for that uh that's that's one hand and then the other hand is if you just totally don't if you can't foresee how much work it is when you agree to it and then at that point it's just a learning experience i mean a, a bad job is just a learning experience in my opinion yep i agree a hundred percent back what you said too it's like you have to just finish it you have to get in there and do it um we all go through it we all deal with bad jobs and bad people i'm i'm at the the phase where i just um i can tell in certain persons people's personalities how they talk how they present themselves, how they mm -hmm. communicate. I know instantly whether I'm going to work with somebody or not usually. And I can gauge how bad or good they're going to be through the process. And, um, I've gotten pretty good over with it over the years, just being able to gauge and like the way that they communicate. Um, because you can say, you can tell so much about a, a person based on how they communicate. So, yeah. And then you need to do that because, <clears throat> because your whole career, you're going to be discovering like how to communicate and how people are communicating to you. And then how you're being communicated, like just how you can connect with people basically. Yeah. And, um, you need to go through the process of dealing with the shitty stuff so that you can really appreciate that when it goes well. Um, yeah. I just finished a job. It was a very intensive job. And it's done. I'm very happy. Well, at least I think it's done. It might be coming back. I'm like, no, I'm scared because uh, like, oh. the best jobs. Oh man, they're like, hey, we want we got some changes. I'm like, well, I'm I'm on vacation for 35 <laughs> years. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's other ways of you know because like you know whatever. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you need to finish it. You need to you need you know you know you need to finish what you started and um communicate clearly and just avoid it at you know future you know it's funny because i was just talking to a friend of mine today and he was mentioning he had a communication with a, a director and he said the director like totally dissed him on a call and he told me and i was like wow 
Like that's, I, so I made a mental note of the director. I'm not going to blast him here. And I was like, wow, okay. And I was like, well, I'll never work with that guy because that sounds yeah. toxic. And I'm like, and I always think when I, when I encounter that, I'm like, how is it that this person's still doing what they do? It's crazy. Yeah, man. Especially nowadays more than ever. Cause like all the Weinstein people are being exposed and all these fucking cruel fucking monsters are out there, you know? So mm-hmm. it's cool that that's one of the things I love about the communication age is just revealing all these fucking turds that are st- still doing shit. Yeah. But anyways, like um, what he was saying, he was telling me and I was like, yeah, well there you go. And he's like, so I was like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm going to f- just basically finish the one task that I have and then politely just tell him it's not aligning. And I'm going to, you know, rather than wasting his time, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. I said, well, that's all you can do, you know? Yeah. So, I think as a freelancer too, you have pretty much the best out ever and be like, Oh, I'm booked. Oh, like, that's, I love that. Can't work with you. Like oh, I I'm use booked. It all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like that's pretty much the easiest out you'll ever get. Cause it's so, uh, it's so like clean too. It's so non-biased. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. And it sounds professional too. Like, wow, this guy is busy. Like, <laughs> yes. It wins all of them. It's checks yeah. all the boxes perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. That's my favorite weapon. I use it all yeah. the time. Yeah. That's one thing I love about being freelance is being able to do that too. So it was so funny yeah. because the other day you're like, Hey, do you know anybody that can come in and work in town or in the shop? And I'm oh, like, yeah. What are you living in the eighties, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Freelance, bruh. But I can see the lure and the desire of working at a studio. Um, I do yeah, miss man. the camaraderie and being around friends and stuff. Like that's really cool. You learn a lot more. You learn faster, at least oh, being in dude, physical. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It, I would go as far to say that it like has changed my life completely. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. Yeah. And I've worked at studios before, but like, I don't know, landing at the right one, like you'll know when you have your best job. <laughs> like, yeah. When if you're you happy there. or if you desire it, when you like, before you go in, then you know, you're, you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's so, it's such a different flow from freelancing. I'd say freelancing is very hard to manage. Yeah. I started out freelancing. I was freelance for several years before I had taken staff and that was, it was what it was. I mean, it was a grind and I, I mean, managing yourself is a job. Like, I mean, once you get to a level where you can have like a rep or something, then that's a different story, I guess. But yeah, when you have to like find your next booking and do all these like client relations and stuff, it's, it's nice to just take a, it's kind of like the same thing with the learn squared situation where like you didn't want to deal with the bureaucracy of that stuff. And then we're just like, I want to do art. And then for me, it's similar where I was like, I don't want to deal with the bureaucracy of like finding clients and like doing all this shit. And I was like, I want a staff job. And then it's like, all right, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Just focus on what you want and whatever it is. And you just be able it's something comes with the cost basically, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Freelancing, you make all the money and blah, blah, blah. Not then you're like working at a place and they cut off the top or whatever. Um, but it's like, that's the, that's the cost of them doing that work. A hundred percent. You, you acknowledge that because it's like, oh, I understand. Oh, I need HR. I need insurance. I need, you know, somebody to handle booking, get to pull in the client, manage the client. I mean, all those things are, they they take so much time and so much work. I'd say freelance is not for everybody. That's for sure. Oh, not at all, dude. And I think having started learn squared, that taught me how much like of a job it is to 
do your own thing. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, fuck, like I had to do all this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, everything. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's also a good reality check too, which I think. Oh, is for sure, dude. Yeah. And there's definitely like between like you and Mache and G monk and like all the kind of like all stars, the MoGraph all stars. Oh, uh, there's like definitely a fascination with, uh, freelance and like living your own life and doing all this stuff. And I would definitely say to anyone who is in a staff job, like if you love your staff job, don't feel guilty that you're not freelance. Cause there is, you're pathetic. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Uncle, you, Papa Ash says you're pathetic. No, not at no, all. I'm just joking. I, there is just yeah, slightly, it, there's always a truth in all my jokes. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, no if yeah, you enjoy your staff job, I, I, I'm envious of you, if anything. It's yeah, awesome. it's it's the same thing as school, dude. It's yeah. not for everyone, but for who it is for, like that's that's the shit, bro. And, there, and there's a there's a lifetime on everything too. Like there's there's a time there's a time. Yeah, people change. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna change eventually. <laughs> you're gonna outgrow your studio or whatever your situation, or maybe not. I don't know. You're gonna be like fucking fifty year old Andrew. Yeah, yeah bro. bro. You are, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> like working on Fast and Furious 400. Right, yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> dude, you and your fucking Fast and Furious movies, man. Oh, man. Uh, that's one I'll never watch. I'm sorry. I'll just give me the highlight reel and I'll watch that. Just oh, you got to watch Tokyo Drift. No, dude. <laughs> yes, dude. It's so it's like, good. Don't, do I poop on myself? No. Do I wipe my butt after I poop? Yes. <laughs> do I watch that movie? <laughs> no, <Great>. bro. <laughs> A plus. <laughs> uh, there's it's another question. A lot of movies, though. I mean, <laughs> What's that? We disagree on a lot of movies. Oh yeah, that's the that's the joy of our friendship, though. Yeah. Is like, you like that movie, bro? Ew, yeah. bro. Did you ever watch uh, Willow? Did you ever watch? No, it? dude. I was just How talking to more about it. Dude. I was like, fuck, I gotta watch Willow. It's old, like, you know. So Willow? it's like, like I brought it up, and they were like, "Why the fuck do you want to watch that movie? <laughs> How? Why wouldn't you want to, man? I don't know, man. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, so I have yet to form an opinion. I'm well, like, it's, the, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's old. It's old. Yeah, so, just like I, that has comes. never stopped me from enjoying a movie, though. Like I'm, I'm that guy in my office who kind of is like w- watching every random bad old movie and be like, oh, it had good things about it. And then, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it does. It has it has some great things in it. It's like it's a classic movie. It's I get. I mean, it's weird because like I'm getting older and it's like I'm getting to the point where I'm like, wow, the movies that I grew up with, like kids nowadays have never even heard of it. And I'm like, that's yeah, so dude. fucking weird to me, dude. Like, that's so weird. Cause I'm like, what? You've never heard of that? Or you've yeah. never seen that? I'm like, well, get out of here. I have nothing for you. <laughs> you fucking whippersnapper. Fuck man. Yeah. But kid, man, it's crazy. But that, that movie is great. It was pretty funny. Cause, uh, when they were doing the interview with, uh, on the Hoonigans channel for the, for, for Ken's car, I had fucking big ass David Bowie labyrinth poster in the background. I was like, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. It was awesome. Yeah, it was representing, dude. I love that movie. I could sing all the songs, dude. Fucking, <laughs> fucking. I know all the dance moves and everything. So I love movies like that because it's like, um, it's a good, like, fun all the way, all around movie and it has a good moral and it's like unique and original and, the art direction's fucking incredible, like so fantastic. I actually got the urge to to rewatch. Um, I started rereading The Hobbit 
and I got the mm. urge to rewatch um, Lord of the Rings because that was my yeah, favorite one of them. I didn't like The Hobbit, but I did like the Lord of the Rings. So how could you not? So all <laughs> three it, like, Lord of the Rings are in my top second or something? twenty movies. Like that's, yes, I know they're they're so good. Dude. <laughs> I could well, go you went on. to. You went to and, New Zealand, right? You got to yeah, fucking roll in the Hobbit dude, hole and stuff. Was, that was life altering. Yeah, saw a Hobbiton, bro. That's, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Like, we were in it when you Me came over friend, the hill. Like, were you like, ah, tears streaming down my face, dude? <laughs> yeah, like we the Japanese for, like, girls the, that go to Paris. And they the freak private out. tour, bro. <laughs> got, like super deluxe private tour of Hobbiton and. Damn. Dude, it was amazing. I would highly recommend. I would recommend going to New Zealand just for that because that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, <laughs> like, New Zealand's awesome. Yeah, man. yeah. But then after leaving Hobbiton, we went to uh, Queenstown, which might be my favorite place on earth after Tokyo. But yeah, Queenstown is incredible. Like I want to go back and just go to Queenstown. Like I don't want to go to anywhere else. I just want to hang out there in nature because i'm like not i mean you know but i'm not like a big nature guy at all yeah. like i'm very into city life and that's probably why tokyo is my favorite place but i think city oh, life crash. is just yeah dude that's another thing <laughs> i can't believe we haven't talked about that yet trash um, tokyo we should you're yeah bro you're I should book, talk about that. it'll it'll <laughs> motivate me to finish it someday um, you still haven't finished it nah bro you let me finish. My, I'm going to make three more my, books and you're going to. New Zealand thing first. Yeah. yeah. But like, actually, I guess that was kind of the end of it. I'm not a big nature guy, but that place like changed my mind, I guess. Why aren't you a nature guy? How dare you? I don't know. Dude. I guess. Well, I grew up in not like a super rural area. I mean, it was suburban and I went to New York City a lot growing up and I was kind of always surrounded by cities and yeah. then moved to L.A. And that's a big city and kind of. I don't know. I'm very intrigued by like cosmopolitan stuff like hubbub and shit like that. I don't know. Big, you also love running over homeless people. I, don't I know, know, dude. It's crazy. It's like, <laughs> this is a joke people yeah. too, by the way, if you think he, he, he does yeah. on the weekends, but he's, he's, he used to do it every day. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Serial but killer with his Beamer. My, uh, my fascination with the city life trash of tokyo dude yeah so you're walking around tokyo it's so funny because of course you're the one that sees the trash piles yeah so i this is a like probably one of the more interesting projects that i've ever kind of been a part of and i say been a part part of because it's almost like not my thing like i'm just there to like capture it well that's what photography is so it's like you know yeah i guess the other thing too is like if if, i think i just heard you making a nickel part yeah yeah what did you say you said something a party of or something yeah i've been a part of it but like uh part of nick lopardo again was like a big thing for me somebody's got a crash on the nicky (laughs) piss yeah we're we're lovers um we uh we talked about it a lot as I was like kind of piecing that idea together because it was a project where I was kind of just there in Tokyo. This I think was the second time I was there and uh, I was just walking around and I was like, wow, that's a pretty like huge pile of trash. And I was like, that's weird. And I just took a picture of it 
And then like I was looking at the picture that night in the hotel. And I was like, wow, that's like interesting. Like it, the kind of like the seed of uh, I guess I I got inceptioned by that. And like I, the seed was planted and I was like, all right, like I'm going to keep an eye out for these. So then the rest of the trip, I was kind of just like snooping around, never really like going out of my way, but just kind of like looking everywhere and being very attentive. Cause I think when you're on vacation and you are like, all right, we got to go to this museum by this hour and we got to go to this landmark by this hour, blah, blah, blah. Like you kind of get uh, put into this little loop where you're on a direct path and you just got to go straight to that thing. And then you got to go to dinner and then you got to go to your hotel and wake up early to go to the thing the next day. But like, I think seeing that was like, all right, so there's a whole aspect of this city that is something that like most people probably just walk right by and then or avoid or can't walk by because it's a pile so big that you can't. Well, that's the thing too, is that like, as I was there taking the pictures, I was realizing how like effective it is. Like it's almost a better, I would say it is a better like method of trash disposal or whatever it is, I guess, waste management. But like it's, it's only ever out at nighttime for the most part, unless it's a really busy area. And like, I kind of like through doing all this, I learned like the patterns of waste management in Tokyo. Um, and they would like, come through and just like whisk it up and there would be times that I would be taking a picture and it would be taken away as I was taking the picture so like there was a lot of just kind of efficiency that I was learning and I was kind of the inkling was dropped where I was like okay this is like a pretty interesting thing that I'm unraveling and so it's kind of just been a an ongoing it's been like discovering the project through thinking about it a lot. Yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting because it's like different than a, like, um, like a design piece or a motion graphics, uh, segment or whatever, where you kind of have a deadline. It's like, all right, I got to do this thing by this date and I got to tell this narrative or whatever. But as I've been like, so I went back to Tokyo another time after that. Only for trash, but you brought a good camera this time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I actually didn't bring a good camera that time, but I will oh, the next you. time I go. Did you but, get the camera I have? I think you got the same camera, yeah, right? Yeah, seven three. Dude, it's amazing. That's why bear, I brought it. It's incredible. It's good at low light. It's good. So oh, you can God, get that low, yeah, low I was light trash gleams, dude. Shooting on, well, I bought like sick lenses for it too. I have like a 30 millimeter uh, uh, 1.4, Ooh, I think. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It was real. It's a fucking nice sick prime. Lens. Nice, go yeah, wide with it. I like primes, dude. Primes, yeah. are, primes are nice. I just, I use zooms only because of the versatility. Yeah, yeah. When I was in New Zealand, like uh, on a boat tour through like a fjord or something, I was like, I had to put the zoom lens on just because I didn't know what I was going to be like seeing. And like, I had no control of where I could stand really because I was on a boat. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, like Trash for Tokyo, it's like just been an ongoing project of mine to. I think I have like, I must have over a thousand photos at this point of just trash in different places all around Tokyo. And like, try, I try to like capture it in a way that is, it's like not so much like artistic as it is just like documentary, I guess. Yeah. But without any like 
usually like a documentary like supersize me or whatever will have a like uh, a point that they're making behind it but i guess this is more just like this is there's no reason that like a pot it's i've like also been reading like a lot about like different realms of art and shit but just like i guess found art that like there's no reason that trash isn't found art depending on like who is perceiving it and the way that they capture it and yeah well man it's trash, really interesting though, though. yeah yeah and it's, i have had many long conversations about like the exact thing that we're talking about it's just it's an <laughs> endless endless pit of like artistic theory and like yeah i've i've come to the conclusion that just like everything is art like the fact that i've like made a, a or am working on a collection of photography based on trash it's like definitive proof that everything is art i think and it's just matters that's all perspective yeah it's all perspective that's the that's the conundrum with art and that's why art is such a that's like the topic of this podcast like why like how can you find value to it you know and how can you add value to yourself or your life or whatever um it's yeah it's it's such a it's such a tricky it's such a tricky subject it really is yeah but the thing i guess i connect with you on with that is um with your project is just the idea of like the connection with being somewhere and wanting to document it because you're seeing something that you haven't seen before. Yeah. In a way that's like, that's what I love about photography. That's simply why I do photography because it helps me see the world through a different vantage point almost because I'm looking at it in a way that's different from the way that I look at the world almost in my normal life. If that's, mm -hmm. you know, it's why I only almost always only take photographs if I'm moving about basically. Yeah. It's like if I'm going yeah, I really only something. do it on, on trips and stuff, but I probably should do it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> like well, it's a skill that you acquire with a lot of failing though. So yeah, I ended up taking probably like, I don't know, 40,000 photos that were like, yeah, whatever until I was able to go, Oh, okay. This is how this works. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think like being on a trip is a great excuse to kind of like being able to see differently and forcing yourself to see differently as you're taking photos is, like a great excuse to kind of bring back home after the trip and then just be living it, you know, like yeah. per picking up different methods of perspective and, uh, just, yeah, I guess. See. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, in my mind, that's what photography is. And that's why when you see a photograph, somebody, cause I'm really pretty picky about photography too. Like I really don't care for studio photography. I don't like when things are too crazy. Yeah. But there's something about like, I don't know. I guess probably for me, it's always like photography that really influences me is like cinematography. It's not even. Yeah, like absolutely. The, it's like the, the problem is, and I realized it's my fault too is, and I started doing it more at this last trip, which I would take a, I would sit there and I'd see a spot and I go, Oh shit. My favorite lens is my 70 to 200. I talk about all the time, but it's my favorite lens. It's like, I love the way that I can go close and far. It's mainly because when I travel, there's people and I don't want to, I don't I get the fuck out of here. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I can get away from them basically. Um, <clears throat> but like I'll sit there and I'll see a vantage point or something, a point of interest or something interesting or the way that lights hitting something. And I'll just, uh, I'll look at it and go, oh, okay, cool. And then I'll take a photograph. And then if it's really good and if I feel like I'm stable enough to like hold the camera, cause I, I, <laughs> I usually bring a tripod, but I, I hate setting up the tripod. 
So <laughs> it's like I have this tool, but I never use it because I've realized it's, it's, it's always funny too about the, the photography, the art of photography is like when you first get into it, you're like, I got to buy all the tools. And then you like realize yeah. which tools you actually end up caring for. Totally. But anyways, I would just, because the a seven three is such a versatile camera, it's so good. I would just sit there and I'd go, I'd pop it in like, cause I have all my s- defaults and settings and stuff. So I just throw it onto like sis, um, series three or section three or section one, I mean, and then it would just go right to recording the way that it's supposed to be set up like 24 frames a second. I mean, a uh, one over 50 shutter speed and everything set up with the, all the presets. Yeah. yeah. Like my picture profiles already and I boom. And I just take, I take footage and I record it. So what I'm getting used to basically is taking a photo, but then also switching to taking video so that I can have both. And it's been kind of interesting because yeah. I think if anything, and maybe this is a, this will be another thing is I'm thinking about possibly, I was really thinking about, well, oh, directing is really cool, but it's such a hard thing. And I, I have a hard time with it. So I'm thinking maybe cinematography might be a fun and interesting thing. So yeah, dude. maybe that'll be something I'll do. That'd be fun. So you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first, Brex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, who knows, right? So yeah. if you're going to do it, I guess we'll see. But <laughs> yeah, you should finish your book. It's they're, they're not too hard to make. You just have to get at it, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make one from the Prague. So. You gave me, so I went to New Zealand and when I was taking all those photos, I think I took like 4,000 photos when I was there. <laughs> like I asked you after I left New Zealand, I was like, Hey, how do you like deal with editing all these photos? Like I have so many and you were like, Oh, you have to do it the night you take those photos. And I yeah. was like, Oh fuck. Like, <laughs> I, like, I gotta go back to New Zealand. Yeah. My buddy Jason uh, taught me that one because that was a thing that he learned too. And yeah, it's, I had to do it at Prague too. And I remember like, cause I bring a laptop when I go. And yeah. so at the end of the day, it's, it's like this like gift. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck what goodies did I get? And yeah, yeah. I have a whole process. I bring it all in and I, and I go through for, I do one pass where I go, I star my photos that are good. So I only work on the selects and then, then I only grab those after I go and screen all of them all. And then mm-hmm. only the ones I have. And then I have all my LUTs. Basically I have I make all my own stuff. So I have like 40 of them and then I'll just kind of move around and shift. And then, Oh, if it's a light scene, I'll know that. And I'll try this. And I use the, um, VSCO Visco. Yeah. Visco cam. Yeah. I use some of their stuff. Their stuff's pretty good. And just because they emulate film pretty well. Yeah. So I like that. And do you ever yeah, shoot film? No, I'd like to. Um, yeah. I'm also gotta... very scared of it because of just how, like the way I shoot is like, all over the place you know yeah that's how i got when i got my a7 three. it was like just so many shots so reckless but it's kind of cool though like i oh yeah dude it's definitely better like i'll go as far to say that it's better to shoot digital like no question like but there is definitely like i had a medium format which i jumped a medium format before i ever even shot 35 millimeter, which is probably a mistake, but I got a medium format Fuji, uh, 645ZI, which is like, like, yeah, it's, it's just like this highly rated medium format camera. And I had shot a bunch on that kind of like getting familiar with the process of like finding a shot. Yeah. Like that's a, it's a, I think film is a great way to learn that discipline where you're like, all right, I only, and medium format, especially because on 35 millimeter, you get like, what's the camera again? The Fujifilm what? 
it's called a 645ZI. Um, yeah, I have that one. And, uh, on medium format, since it's 120 millimeter or whatever, like you only get, I think 16 shots per roll versus like the 35 that you would get on a 35 millimeter or 32 or whatever it is. It's like 32 in um, yeah. Yeah. So like even more so it's like, all right, I got to make this one count. <laughs> and like the, that's also like where I was first learning about, uh, like, uh, light levels and kind of the lens on the Fuji is fixed. So it's like, I don't really have a lot of leeway in that regard, but, yeah. um, just knowing when you can actually take the shot or not. Like, oh, I just, I don't have enough light. I can't take this picture. Uh, But yeah, so that I think was a great way to kind of like learn the discipline of like finding the shot and then getting the a7 III was just like game changer, dude. Yeah, it's the reason why. It's always funny because people like, especially in photography, I always find that there's like these weird purists that are like stuck in their thoughts and stuff. And it's like, Dude, as long as you're going out and taking photos, that's all that matters, you know? Yeah, yeah. People are always like, what camera do you use? What lens do you use? What fucking ISO are you using? It's like, none of that yeah. shit matters, dude. Yeah. It doesn't matter because sim- like, simply when I look at somebody's photographs, I don't think that. Yeah. I go, wow, that's cool subject matter. Dude, like, yeah, like Liam Wong, like he's yes. taking all his pictures on iPhones and I'm like, fuck, yes. I'll never take a picture of that cool. He's the king of grading, you know, he's, yeah. really, he's really good at taking a photo that would probably be like good and then he grades it to be like, whoa, that's surreal yeah, and otherworldly, exactly. you know. that's That was like a really big eye opener for me to see how important that was. Oh, like, grading so clutch. Yeah. So clutch, Yeah, man. seeing like the before and afters on his stuff, I was like, wow. I right. will say when I first started taking photos that um, it was a big deal. And the more I hone my skill as a photography photographer, the less I rely on the grading, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think the discipline is starting to kick in because I'm able to really gauge better. And I'm also able to gauge like how it needs to be so especially with like, like, let's say like night photography, like night photography is usually very limited because you have artificial light and it's, uh, you just have situations that are a little bit more difficult to, sh- to shoot. Basically, you don't have a, an abundance like, from the sun basically. And so when you're shooting at night, you, for the most part, unless you're in Tokyo where you have all these lights, or if you're in like a really crazy city, you're usually pretty limited. So you don't have a lot of room to even work with in, in post and in grade mm-hmm. too. So yeah, it's always, it's always like a, an interesting trade off, but yeah. So like the grading so process stuff. and like editing and everything, that's the whole thing that I just like, am still kind of getting my feet wet in. And that's why trash of Tokyo has taken so long. Is that like, I just, I have so many photos that I just haven't edited and shit. So I got to just get around to that. And now that I'm finally starting to get comfortable with that whole process, I'm kind of beginning to, uh, feel a little more confident about actually digging into it. Like I have so many photo books and things that inspire me that I am like, wow, like look at all this like random subject matter. That's got a whole book about it. <laughs> like, then, yeah. yeah. So I just got to get get off my ass and do it well it's, it's obviously you're interested in it it's just a matter of having a system there that's all yeah it is really you yeah. need a system because like yeah, yeah that's that's why i told you my system is i take photos the night that i finish my photos i dump them all in a hard drive and then i filter them and then i edit them and then they're done and i do three passes i do a full edit pass and then i go through and then i do a black and white pass because i like black and white as well 
and then I do a two two point three five crop, like a full cinemascope cinema style crop on mm. it too. I do that because I like the the crop basically. So yeah, I do that only just for myself. I don't care, and then uh, I'm done. And then the next night I go and I shoot and I do it all over again. And that, that way when I come home, cause I just went to Prague and I shot some crazy shit there. Crazy, crazy stuff. I'll have to send you some of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to make a book from that one. Cause it was crazy. Yeah, dude, I you should. Why not? I got, and you, I have the I got whole your book Tokyo here, so. book on my, on my shelf. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, Barber. Yeah, that yeah. was that was fun. That was cool. And that, that book came together pretty quickly. I think the one hard thing was making sure it was translated properly. So props mm-hmm. to my buddy Yusuke for helping me out with that. Oh, I know Yusuke. Yeah, Yusuke's awesome. Yeah. So that was uh yeah, that was but I, I want to do one. I'm not, I won't translate it to Czech though. Sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Czech Republic or yeah, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I love photography though. It's so fun. I think if I like, I think it's probably the one art form that I've found um, in my life that's the most joyful for me. Mm-hmm. Like I realized that because like it was funny today. I was just talking to Toros today. I was like, I've been away from my computer, my work computer, because I've been out in Europe and I've been doing my talks and all that stuff and on a semi vacation. And I got back and today I was like working and I was like trying to use Photoshop and it was just like busted ass. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like (laughs) I was getting so frustrated and I was like, dude, I hate computers and like, I hate these softwares. Like they don't work. They literally don't. And it's so frustrating, you know, like, yeah, it's, oh man, it's so frustrating. Yeah, dude. Photography is... It's, it's one of the good ones yeah. as far as our forms go. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. I've, I mean, I've, the funny thing too, the irony of it too, is like I've had two, I've gone through, uh, I think two of them. No, one of them, one, one a seven three, um, the shutters failed on me mm. and it, it had fucking failed on me right when I was in the trip too. like, Oh shit. And I'm like, fuck. So I finally got those fixed basically. But, um, yeah, even with that, I was still like, mm, whatever. Like, I just kind of figured it out. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's just even with that. It's, but it's also because that's the drag of it too, right? It's still, it's still a device. It's still man-made. It's still got flaws. But the art form itself is so cool, and the experience of going out and having these journeys and traveling. Um, we went to Mojave recently and I got a drone too. So that's a whole nother level. It's like next whoa. level, bro. Did I show you any yeah. of the aerial photography I've been doing? I, I saw some of the pictures, but I didn't see any of the video. If you did any of that. Oh God, dude, I got to show you some of this crazy shit, dude. Yeah. Some really yeah. cool stuff. But yeah, that's another one too. Is like drones are so fun. And like they're dangerously addicting too. Like I brought yeah. it out to Prague, and my wife is like, "No, oh, she's all dang- like scared, she's in trouble." Like, no, I was fucking fucking flying all around. It was so fun, dude. I got crazy footage of of Prague in the in the, my little drone. Yeah, I, was, nice. like, I would like I'd basically go on Google Maps, try and find like a park or somewhere I'd be secluded. I could stay away from people, and I'd just boom. They're they're actually really amazing because they're they're pretty quiet. Once you get up about, I don't know. 50s to 80 feet up they're you can't really hear them yeah and just go fly around and like i like i just let mine go loose dude i just i'll i lose it all the time too this it's gone i'm like <laughs> fuck dude <laughs> but it's pretty smart it has like a return to home kind of thing so it'll cool. it'll come back so 
yeah, the Mavic Pro 2 is amazing. The Hasselblad nice. helped design the the camera in it too. So it's really I great. think that's that's the one Gmail has, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all like drone boys. Like shooting volcanoes and shit like <laughs> drone boys. Gmail stuff is awesome. Oh well, you should I wonder if how it works with, with um Japan with drones. I bet you probably can't use it, but probably not. A lot of cities don't let you just like yeah. I mean, it's kind of a dangerous thing. I get it. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine like in a big city, like everyone would probably be using them as fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm almost positive you can't use them in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tauros doesn't hold Tauros back from using it there though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like a new frontier of photography, but it's at the same time, it's very unique and different. So yeah, but it's up to people to kind of break the rules and try different things, I guess. So, yeah, dude, gotta have those trendsetters. Got those trendsetters, bro. Um, yeah. So finish your book, dude. Get it out there. Get I that, will. Get, I will spread that trash around the world, dude. I gotta. The irony is, it's like, beautiful. when you're done, you need to take your book with you and put it in a pile of trash in Tokyo and like take photos of it, and that'd be your advertising <laughs> thing. Like, dude, fucking trash in Tokyo. In Tokyo can't disrupt the trash bro oh, then it's not true. found art uh i don't know you make it a part of it just that yeah. one that one pile my own you... private pile <laughs> <laughs> that's like the title of my memoir <laughs> my, my own private pile yeah. yeah what's the what's going on with you in the future what do you got going on <sighs> i don't know man i don't know i i pride myself on having like no solid plan (laughs) as dumb as that sounds like (laughs) it's kind of like the when I went back to Japan uh, one time with my brother we had decided like we're gonna have no itinerary and then just like kind of see like we're gonna go whatever in whatever direction we're interested in and that's just what we're doing and we had like the most amazing trip we've ever been on and I think that that's That's kind of beyond like obviously like being healthy and like things that are going to keep me alive and make people around me happy and just the basics of human life. I think I don't really like want to say, Oh, in five years I'm going to like, uh, write a book and do this and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I don't really want to have an itinerary. You know, I want to have, I just want to go in whatever direction is, interesting you know i used to fight that but i appreciate that more than ever nowadays because I, especially with traveling 100 percent. that's yeah, true that's, with traveling that's traveling kind of like traveling yeah. is all about like having no expectations and saying yes to everything basically yeah it's time to experience things for uh, a new and it's a shame like when i see people traveling they're just like in their hotel all the time or eating mcdonald's or something like what's the yeah. point then you know like stay home then you know if you're not willing yeah. to go and travel totally yeah yeah like that's when i went to new zealand that was i did it again it was like we there's like it's fine to have a couple things that you want to do like oh i want to go to hobbiton but like kind of just doing whatever you want for 90 percent of the time is that's i think the best like when you're traveling it's just yeah not having a solid itinerary and then doing that like in my professional life like as long as i have a job and i'm like successful and not just like destitute and whatever, then I'll be happy. Like I, I 
originally, like when I went to school, like if I didn't get into the school I went to, I was going to go for writing. And like at that point, who knows where I would be right now? Like I, I'm pretty sure I would be happy doing whatever as long as like I'm healthy and like, that's it. Yeah. I like that though. That's a a nomadic approach. So yeah. And I guess we'll see what, (laughs) what happens with you in your life. And yeah, it's more or less, I guess it's more just a part of your journey. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, bro. All right. All right. Um, fuck, this is episode 200. Shit. Yeah, dude. It's It's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. Six years already. I don't know. No, Should we man. stop doing it? This would be the last one. All right, guys. This isn't it. <laughs> Even though we recorded past 200 already. Ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. We did. Like Fuck. That. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I, that's another thing, too. It's like I sometimes ask myself and my wife will ask me, well, how are you going to do that? And like, I guess for a I know a good stopping point, which is SoundCloud will only let us have 250 things on the RSS feed. So we can just stop that's at 250. bullshit. Yeah, we'll stop there. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like over a year from now too. Like that's a lot of time. There you go. There's yeah. something that I really do enjoy about it, but then sometimes it does become a bit of a chore. Um, but I yeah. do really enjoy it, and and I think that you know, big props to everybody that have gotten anything out of these conversations. You know, like it's cool. Like it's it's a cool thing. Like it's a definitely something that's special and uh, <clears throat> worthy. I think you know being able to get these things out there so that it can help people. Yeah. I think navigating your cell, your soul as an artist is so confusing and we all feel alone, you know? Yeah. At certain points. We're in it together. Yeah, I think so. Or not. That's why it's called the collective, bro. That is true. That is true. Come on, dude. Damn, you nailed it, bro. Tie it together. Dude, you nailed it. No, I'm all like going against it. You're all going in there. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But um, no, it's been crazy. Six years. There's been some really amazing people on here. Some really great experiences. I think it probably killed the podcast um, listening when we did it biweekly. I think that was a problem because I think anything that's like viral or whatever socially you know, together, like usually you can tell it's because it's consistency, like something we noticed too, when we were running learn squared, if you keep it consistent, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is consistent. It's just long gaps of time between, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, been real. Yes, it has been real. Um, fuck. Let's, let's wrap this baby up, baby. Wrap All it right. up. Barber. Um, <clears throat> I think did we cover everything? I think so. I I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess. If I was gonna have any parting words, I would say um number one, I owe everything in my career to Andrew Kramer. <laughs> so have you thanks. have you met Andrew yet? Yeah, okay, I met him a couple times. Great. But yeah. <laughs> How'd Kramer, that go? Uh it was great. Yeah. It's, Andrew's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's like meeting any of your He's my heroes. neighbor kind of. Yeah. It's, that was bizarre. I was That's like, wild. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, that's one, and then the other one is, I mean, Andrew Kramer here, yeah. (laughs) Without it being like a total jerk fest, like I, this podcast alone has kind of like spurred on so much of my career, and I owe like honestly everything—not everything, but a lot, a lot, a lot 
to you for having like started this up and given me so many opportunities and I guess taking it though you publicly acknowledge that I am so deeply thankful for kind of everything yeah Yeah. you've completely owned it and like if anybody's listening it's like you went out there on you know and you're like hey can I help so it's like I would imagine the lesson that I learned from you is what I've applied to working with Ken Block you know so it's Mm. the same kind of thing you know so yeah for all you people out there like (laughs) reach out to the artists that you like and tell them that you love their shit and would love to work together and that's yeah yeah that's how it works it really is and like yeah look at the company and everything and then like um just you know the projects we've been a part of it's just like if you have a deep desire or passion for something, reach out and make it happen and it'll happen at some point, you know, I mean, almost all the collaborators that I've ever worked with on any of my projects have come from just like emails, like, Hey, you know, like, like I'm good friends with Francois right now, our friendly Mm -hmm. robot. And he's amazing. He's so awesome. Like I really, really love him. And we're having a great time making our film together. And it's like, so stoked that he reached out. Yeah, it's super key. So yeah, that's a that's good. That's how this shit happens. So, so number one, Andrew Kramer. Number two, uh, me. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Number three. I don't like that I'm number dad, two, dude. but mom I'm and glad dad. I. I'm, at least I meet mom and you're mom and dad. Before mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's good. <laughs> Maybe it was in reverse order though, dude. No, no, no. I think you got it wrong. <laughs> me at first. Uh, Andrew's the middle, and then mom and dad. Okay. Okay. What about brother Nick? Where's brother Nick? Nick. Yeah. Brother Nick. Yeah. You guys are close. You're close yeah, to your brother. Dude. Me and my brother do everything together. Ooh. Nick, sounds Nick kind of weird. Actually, constantly cites your uh, forget. I think it was a talk, or maybe it was like a post or something about your year of pure potential. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that has hugely inspired my brother. Wow. Like he has gone off and done like. Uh, like he left his job and does like live streaming full time. Now he has like carved his own path entirely. And it's just like hardcore, just crushing his productivity and stuff because of your year of pure potential. Like that is, I don't even think Nick listens to the podcast or like partakes in anything to do with like, I mean, beyond just like following you on Instagram and stuff, but like, I don't think he like partakes in the cult of Ash at all. That's weird. But, that one thing had a huge inspiration on him. I know. That's and so like, cool. Yeah. Happy to, yeah. happy to be, a, to, to be assistance. I mean, it's like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's an intense, that's, I mean, for people starting out, sometimes that's what it takes is like, not sometimes really, that is what it takes. Yeah. 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 You yeah. have to, you have to go so hard. You have to push so fucking hard. Yeah. That's but, how learn squared happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how anything of significance yeah. gets started. It literally comes from endless amounts of sleepless nights. I mean, look, your parents talking about raising you, you boys, I'm sure, you know, it's like yeah. so much effort and time and thought and, and just, just gnarliness, you know, being a yeah. parent of a child is crazy, you know? That's just one thing. It's just like you change the word parent to art or career. And there you go. You know? So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when are you going to have kids, bro? Come on. You know, I don't know, dude. Drop some seeds. Dude. <laughs> Plant some fucking Andrew nuggets. Yeah. As vulgarly as that. Like. <laughs> dude, it says the guy rocking the Brazzer shirt in public. Yeah, bro. <laughs> With yeah. your pecs all bumping. <laughs> Do you wear yeah. that? Is that your outfit to to work? 
Dude, I wore that thing to the ground. Like I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't even have it anymore. <laughs> it's, it's your cum rag now. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully yeah. so, it's in the corner. Yeah, it earned its spot, dude. <laughs> uh, um, That's it. We got we got to end on that note. I'm just joking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, big big shout out to mom and dad, though, right? Yeah, mom and dad, and they're Nick. close to your family. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Family is key. If one thing that I learned, like growing up, is that like either family or like your best closest friends being family is like that's everything dude like that's that's the peeps you call when you're like i don't know when you when you need help you know having those people is that's that's so important in life and i think just be be close to your family and be good to your friends and you'll have a good life yeah man i agree that's a that's sound advice right there, baby. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's, I think that's a great way to, to wrap this episode up. A good positive note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being good, good to your family. Um, I mean, I always felt like I would pick my family, you know, like I was able to choose. I think it came from just like the, the way I grew up and I left home at 14 and I didn't know yeah. my birth father. So I was kind of like, family didn't have like what normal people have. I think, I don't know if that means any sense like normal. Oh, to- I, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's so yeah. I was nomadic with it. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'd make family out of my friends. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of connected now. And that's probably what, when I think about it, I psychoanalyze myself, it's probably what this podcast is, you know, connecting with people, making yeah, friends, dude. making family, basically. We're a part of the family. That, yeah, that that collective podcast family. Yeah. yeah. So now I didn't know that we only have, uh, we're only able to go to 250, so now we know. So Yeah, you know, we could go. always switch from SoundCloud to something else and go unlimited, but. <laughs> oh, snap, babies. Uh-oh, maybe we'll go further. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, if you're listening yeah. to this, if you know a suggestion, let us know, because if not, we're going to go to only 250, so there you go. That's a bummer because I wanted to do 269. We can yeah. def, we can go past it. It just won't show up in like the podcast app because the RSS feed won't show all mm. the old episodes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, SoundCloud, I mean, if you listen to it on SoundCloud or on the website, we can go unlimited, I'm pretty sure, on SoundCloud. But just the RSS feed, unless uh, they up it. I don't know. We'll reach out. Yeah, fuckers. How dare Make they? Make some connections, dude. How, how's reach Rogan out. do it? He's got like f- episode 4 million. He hosts, he hosts on... Uh, I think on Libsyn, which is like, uh, a, it's just like a dedicated podcast host, whereas SoundCloud is for like music and all sorts of shit. Yeah, that's I think weird. Libsyn is like, it's more of like having a FTP server dedicated to just like podcasts that puts out a RSS feed. And yeah, mm. there's tons of... Uh, yeah, we can go way past 250. I, I didn't mean to scare anyone if they, <laughs> they were uh, worried about that. But yeah, we it's can. Like, uh, it's like the Y2K scare. Yeah. <laughs> you hear about Y10K, dude? The, the TCP scare, bro. It's a real yeah. thing in the year two, 2050. Y250K. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Y250K. What's going to happen? <laughs> Blood crystals are going to be fucking formulated. Yeah. yeah. Big shout out to Mike Winkleman. AKA yeah, but, the, but, the butt crystal princess. The beepies. If, yeah, hopefully he's listening to this. If not, somebody send him the butt crystal princess. What's up? Yeah. We'll tell kisses. him to listen. <laughs> yeah. that's, well, that's it, everybody. Episode 200. It's Thanks my birthday. Thanks for listening. Yeah, happy birthday, dude. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm officially old. 
It's awesome. Yeah. What's good over here, baby? The view is nice, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I much prefer this. New perspective. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm dying. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that took a turn, dude. <laughs> All right. So that's it, everybody. That's the end of the episode. Um, thanks, Andrew, for coming on. Say thanks. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for having me. <laughs> Uh, you can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 200. Can you tell I've done this uh, 200 times now? <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find uh, links to our awesomeness all over the web on our Twitter and iTunes podcast page and all that kind of good stuff. You know the drill, everyone? Yes. What's the drill? Andrew's going to finish it up. Go out there. Be prolific. Oh wait, I fucked it up. You suck, dude. I fucked it up, dude. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Dude, this is why. This is why you're the host, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, like, I was following you. I was like, oh hell yeah, he's building like, it up. And then you taking <laughs> the initiative, bro. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one more try. One more try. Right. It's like I'm smoking, like taking hits of a bong over here. Yeah, bro. <laughs> taking rips. Yeah. All right, you know the drill, everyone. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.